clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught, caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown. Captain goes. He'll be chased and he is gone. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. There's a prayer. Stop it! Oh, please! <laughs> what a catch! That's insane! That's insane! The game's final play is a Wilson lock to the end zone, which is fought for by Tate with Jennings simultaneous. Who has it? Who do they give it to? That wasn't our first attempt at opening the episode, everybody. It was our fifth attempt, everybody. <laughs> so, show us how we're doing today. God, I love this show. Welcome back to Simultaneous Catch. I'm Adam Jeffrey Rossi. I'm Josh Lapping. We're happy to be back with you folks, and we apologize that we were overzealous. We always Which are. we always are. <laughs> but we thought we'd have time to do four preview episodes and preview two divisions one in the AFC, one in the NFC, corresponding the four weeks before the NFL opened, and we just did not have the time. Listen, Josh, is a, Josh and I are very busy men. Josh not only teaches school, but he's still going to school for his master's, and he also works, and I work, and I also work for a theater company that I just took over to social media. So there's just a lot of stuff that we're both doing, but we're very excited that the NFL is back this weekend and that we get to talk about it with you guys. So we're just going to have a mega preview episode uh, it's going to be a little bit longer than a typical episode, probably, but that's okay. Uh, but we got to lo- go really fast. Yeah. <laughs> like Sandra Bullock and Speed. What a good movie. It's it is a, a good movie. It's a little bit of a deep cut. I mean, I know people, a lot of people. I feel like a lot of people know the movie Speed, but it doesn't Did get. Speed like won a big award? Yeah, but it doesn't get talked about a lot, at least not in my circles. Do you feel like early 2000s movies really still get talked about that often? No, which is sad because a lot of early 2000s movies were very good. They're okay. Hitch? Can you name another one that's not like your favorite movie? <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely maybe. That was like 2010s. It probably was like 2010, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start with some news and notes. Yeah, so uh, sad news hitting the Bronco facility front. Uh, yeah. Von Miller, I don't even really know what the injury was. It was something to do with a tendon, I believe, or yeah, his it, ankle? Yeah, it's, um, I, I, I remember this is one news that I did catch in the morning before I went to bed, 
Yeah, something in his ankle. He tore some sort of tendon, but yeah. So that's that's just a bummer. It was on one of the final plays of practice uh, on a day that they didn't even need to technically be practicing. They technically could have had the day off since they play a lot of teams. the Monday yeah. game. So it was a non-contact injury, just a freak thing. So that is a pretty big bummer. We'll have to see how the Denver Broncos look. I mean, if they're pushing for contention down the stretch, it's possible that he can push to come back. But if they falter down the road, he'll more likely than not take the year off. They're a fun. They're they're a fun sleeper team. A lot of a lot of people have been picking them as a dark horse. They like what they did on offense, and their defense was good most of the year last year. So. Yeah, so we'll we'll see if they get to uh, make a push and see if Vaughn will return kind of in a J.J. Watt-esque role of last year with his injury, which I did appreciate. I did see a thing where J.J. reached out to Vaughn online. That's nice. I that like that. That's nice. Um, but, you know, that's a little cause for concern on my front, not having Vaughn. I know, like, Chubb's going to be coming back, but... I feel like you don't be like, okay, well, now you have to go out and play all 74 snaps, I feel like, coming off of his injury, so you need to go late uh, early on in the year. So yeah. a little cause for concern yeah. on that front there. Absolutely. I mean, I it's sad. Vaughn's one of our uh, favorite players. We both have loved him in his career, and obviously Super Bowl MVP. That's awesome, especially for a defensive player. But it's just uh, him and the Broncos haven't been the same since Peyton left, and... You know, we talked about them last year as a dark horse team if if Flacco could get it together. I mean, in the first four or five weeks, they lost all those games by, like, a field goal. So, I mean, they, they, they were a pretty good team last year. I think that people don't realize that they were a pretty good team last year because obviously they didn't capitalize and win a lot of those games. Uh, but, you know, we had Mike on the show talking about the Cowboys and the Packers where, you know, if they flip their luck, their record is, like, vastly different. I, I imagine the Broncos would probably be a team like that as well. I mean, if you give them four or five wins in the first four or five weeks that they all lost by one possession, I think they're a much different team. And, you know, the defense is a big part of that. I mean, even in, even late in the year when I remember, you know, Buffalo was playing them and I was nervous about that game because Denver was still ranked in the top five defenses, you know. I was still nervous about that because they're a good football team. Yeah, it's and, a really well constructed. Yeah, team, so. and they and obviously you know people know that their first two picks, Jerry Judy from Alabama, and then our guy KJ Hamler from PSU. I mean, they really then they signed Melvin Gordon. They have Noah Fant from last year. Philip Lindsay's still there. I mean, that offense with Drew Locke is ready to roll if Drew Locke is ready. So I mean, it could still be a scary team this year, and I imagine they'll be a hard team to beat this year regardless of whether or not they win a lot of games but it's just sad news it's sad news for a team that wanted to be a surprise team and when you want to be that type of team you not only need health but you need all guns ablazing whenever you can absolutely on the other front we have uh middle linebacker ryan chazier officially retiring from the nfl uh his injury occurred in 2017. That was three years ago. It's been that's, a while. That's kind of crazy to me to think about it's been that long. I remember watching that game. I can't remember exactly who they were playing. I think it was Cincinnati. I wanted to say it was Cincinnati. I think yeah. it was Cincinnati. But uh, just watching that live and being like, wow, that that's, that's really terrifying. And so I remember there have been so many moments that we've applauded him when he came out a couple years ago and announced... Steelers draft pick and whatnot. 
uh, but he is officially calling it retirement for now. He did say that he was blessed to play football for 20, 20 some years of his life, and it'll always be a part of his life, but he's going to be looking to other endeavors for now. Uh, I don't know if that means he might come back in some capacity later on, maybe as a coach or something, um, but he did not make it seem like football was was out of his life. But I just did, beyond talking about Shazier, I wanted to throw some accolades at the Steelers organization. And I feel Absolutely. like we've done that we have. in regards to the situation, yeah. but I feel like they've just handled it with such care and respect and I usually like to tip your cap to them for that. Yeah, I don't I don't have much to say about this because it is a little bit sad when somebody who was as good of a player as Shazier was in his young career end a career this way without ever making it back to the field. But just how horrific it was. I mean, he was laying still on the field for a while, and that was a pretty scary thing to watch. You know, we, we love the sport of football. We enjoy it. And, you know... It's not crazy to say, but, I mean, we enjoy the violent aspect of the sport. I mean, people get really excited when there's a big hit. It's exciting. Um, it just, It's just part of the sport, but, you know, you never like when somebody actually gets hurt from it. So, you know, we, we're glad that Shazier is healthy and that he's okay and that he's going to be able to just live his life because, you know, there were people when it first happened that wondered whether or not he would walk the same ever again yeah. after what happened. So we're just happy for him. He's an incredibly intelligent human being, so I will not be shocked if he becomes a linebacker's coach and then maybe works his way up to more than that You know, at some point in his career. But uh, we wish him all the best, and we've talked about him on the show a lot. We've talked about you know, the Steelers guaranteeing his contract after he got injured and letting him use the facilities for rehab and all of that stuff. It was just very very classy of them and the Steelers have through most of their iteration been a pretty classy organization and uh they they continue to show it during this whole whole situation with Ryan Zazier so we just again we wish him all the best and him and his family and hope that uh wherever his next endeavor is he succeeds at because he's an intelligent really great human being absolutely all right any any other News and notes you wanted to get into before uh, we get those, into the episode? Those are the big things. Uh, sure. Just the other thing is that the last round of COVID testing uh, came back yeah. extremely well for the NFL. Yeah, there was I think only one positive case. That's very encouraging. Just uh, based on the things that we talked about uh, to wrap up the last episode, I feel like that is really encouraging. Yeah. And uh, even like Brian Flores down in Miami talked about how it might be too encouraging that now teams be like, oh, we're okay. So, like, but just. He wanted to make sure that his team and a reminder for everyone to like. Keep, it's very Brian keep Flores thing the, to say. <laughs> keep doing all of the the right things, and I feel like that just goes for everybody. No, absolutely, you're right. So, you're right. Yeah, but that is cool, though. It is. Yeah, I said. I think I said there were eight positive tests. One was a player, and there were seven people in personnel that had it, which you know is incredible. Out of the thousands of people that work for the NFL, <laughs> players and staff included. So, yeah, it's exciting. We're excited to get back to football. So let's get into the episode here. I wanted to start it off. I have... Uh, have not been in the episode, Adam? Sorry. <laughs> sorry. taking these first this minutes the, off? This is the precursor to the episode. This is just like a, hey, welcome, and then it's like, episode. No, the first 30 seconds when we said welcome, we're welcome, Adam. Get your head in the game. Wow. Yeah, this is a new Josh, new year. <laughs> Adam might be traded mid-season for something, guys. <laughs> 
for Belichick can get rid of you a year sooner. Josh is going to trade me for every single guest that we've ever had. So it's just going to everybody rotating. Anyway, so for those of you who are new to the podcast, welcome. Thank you for joining us. And those of you who are continual listeners, we have one of our favorite segments on the show called Bigger Than Football. Josh and I love football for just the sports aspect and the community aspect and you know, getting to watch it as friends and enjoy it as, as pals. But we also know and agree that sports and football are bigger than the sport themselves. And so we have a segment, a reoccurring segment called Bigger Than Football. And I have two little ones for today. Uh, Tredavious one of the Buffalo Bills signed a four-year, $70 million extension, making him the highest-paid cornerback in NFL history. It's a really, really cool. Well, that's not true anymore. Well, I mean, when he signed it. That's what matters. Okay, for like three days. <laughs> That's fine. He can still say at one point he was. Um, regardless, so if you didn't watch his little Zoom call with the media, I honestly, like I, I suggest it. It was, it was pretty incredible. He talks a lot about life and about how, you know, when he was a kid growing up, he never really, like it was never really his, I mean, obviously he had aspirations of it, but it was never really his goal to be in the NFL or even play in SEC college football. He said that his goal was he wanted to do well in school and do well in football in high school so that he could just go to a community college and get a degree. Like, he wanted to pay for his degree. That was his goal. Okay. And then his senior year, his coach switched him to quarterback, and then LSU was like, well, this kid is special. Do you want to come and play for us? And he did, and obviously he had a great uh, college career, and then – there were a lot of talks about him coming out of his junior year, and he was like, no, I want to get my college degree. Went back, got his degree. He said that he only did that because he didn't want kids to look up to him and say, well, he went out early. He wanted kids to see uh, an incredible college player say, no, it's important for me to get my degree, and then I'm going to co- then I'm gonna go to the NFL. So he went to the NFL, and he got his shot with Buffalo and has been great all three seasons that he's played for us. And then now he gets this extension, and I just he got really emotional when he talked about, like, I can retire my parents now. I can help extended family now, and nobody has to worry about it anymore. Like, I, I got them. And he started talking about how, like, you know, we made it, and all these people were, were counting on me and looking up to me. And just, you know, we talk a lot about players and contracts, and we laughed at a half a billion dollars for Pat Mahomes. But, like, and there are a lot of people who say, you know, players make too much. But, like, the answer to that is this. Is Tredavious White saying, like, you know, my family has been counting on me. And not only that, but I'm not going to just take this money and blow it on a yacht or a mansion. Like, I'm going to take care of my family. I'm going to take care of the people in my life that mean the most to me and that need the most help. And I'm going to take care of people in my community that need the most help. And that's just when the sport becomes way bigger than it because he's changing generations of lives. And it's really awesome. And I, uh, I don't know if you have anything to say about it, but I just, I, I got a little bit emotional too watching him get emotional about it because it was really cool to see a guy like Tredavious who's known for being like this happy-go-lucky, like running around laughing, joking, and and just loving playing the sport get get really serious and emotional. Yeah, obviously to use your gifts to turn it into something positive versus negative is a is a really good thing. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, and then my, my second one, going to another defensive back, um, 
And Tyron Matthew just won the Super Bowl with the Chiefs, obviously. Uh, he has this new program that he started. He was on um, Kyle Brandt of Good Morning Football has a new podcast called 10 Questions, and he was one of the guests on it. And he talked about he has this new organization called The Shift in Louisiana. And it's uh, it's a group that Tyron gets together of, you know, young boys in the community. And, you know, it's just a dialogue with the kids to get them through tough situations. He said a lot of them have been in and out of jail or have charges put on them, things like that, because they don't have anywhere to go. It's just it's a way to get them off the street. Uh, It's a way to get them talking to a role model. And he said that, you know, obviously Tyron very famously was dismissed from school and he had his issues and all that stuff. But he talked about how the biggest thing in his Growth and his becoming a better person and a different person really was shifting one thought in his mind so that he can shift his entire mindset and become, you know, what he always wanted to be or was working towards. So he calls it the shift so he can help these kids shift their mindset a little bit to become better. Uh, and he just talked about, you know, shift the way that you think one thought at a time. And I thought that was a really cool quote. And again, it's just another example of players using their platform and using their money to enact positive change in their communities. And it's, it, it is talked about, it is, but I think that it should be talked about more, what these, what these players do for people in their lives because it really, really is amazing. Yeah, that's a really great point. And uh, I just... That's where I feel it really is a benefit. Uh, I I really do enjoy that story about going out, making a difference that you can see. Uh, I think that's just a really, really good thing. Yeah. And, And just to tap it off, Tyron talked a lot about on the podcast. It was really, really great interview by Kyle. It's a really cool podcast because he does it. He, like markets it as a game show where there's 10 questions and you get a score and then you're pitting it against everybody but when he's in the midst of having fun he gets really like into stuff and he just it's a really great interview with Tyron I don't remember ever hearing him open up quite like he did on the show but he talked a lot about how like when he's on the field he's honey badger and he's like full intensity and passion and emotion but that he didn't know like he was trying to be honey badger all the time and that was costing him and he was like no he was like who's Tyron I want to be Tyron and so he talked about like finding himself, which is really cool. So, absolutely, yeah. All right, and that was bigger than football, sponsored by uh, something Wegmans. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get back into our divisional breakdowns. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Wegmans isn't gonna listen, and if they do, you should sponsor us. Anyway, so we talked about the NFC West and the NFC and the AFC West on our divisional preview show a couple weeks ago so we're going to get through all the other divisions today we're still going to do breakout players we're still going to do our picks and we're still going to do you know best rookies but we're going to just probably do it a little bit quicker that's okay so let's go to the do you have a preference i do not let's do the afc and nfc south first let's go with the afc side first uh do you want to do you want to do what order do you want to do it? Do you want to like just pick the winner outright and then go breakout rookie, or do you want to go breakout rookie and then pick the winner? Um, I don't have too much to talk about rookies. That's right okay. Now. That's okay. I didn't uh, did not prep that part. That's okay. Uh, so I'll let you talk about the rookies. Sure. Yeah. 
so if you want to just start that for the division, then we can yeah, go into sure. I so feel like our lists are not going to be like super similar. So no, yeah, that's okay. So I have my rookie for the AFC South is going to be Michael Pittman Jr. receiver. For the Indianapolis Colts, I like that. and I just I think that there's a role for him in this offense, and I really love the pieces that they put together. And obviously, T.Y. Hilton is there and he's healthy, but they've had a lot of injuries at the wide receiver in the last couple of years, and they're just kind of throwing guys out there. So I think that Michael Pittman Jr. was one of my favorite receivers coming out, a guy that I wanted Buffalo to target if we didn't get a first round receiver. You know, he's just he's a big body and he's a big play guy, and I think that that like. He's kind of the Mike Williams body type for Philip Rivers, you know, the, okay. that Mike Williams, Vincent Jackson type of player who's fast and big and strong that he can go up and get it. What a throwback. So yeah, uh, so yeah, I, I think that he's gonna be a, a really big time player in, in this division, and I think for for a Colts team that that uh, that has reloaded with Philip Rivers, so that's 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 a rookie for me. Okay, uh, and then I'll I'll go to breakout player too because then you can. Swing over to that too, but I have a oh shoot, I didn't write break. <laughs> I thought I wrote it down. Uh, so shoot, do you have a breakout player? Oh, I do. Go ahead. So I have a breakout player, Grover Stewart for okay. Indianapolis. He is their deep fourth cut year. Well, he was a starter last year, not a popular name, but he's their defensive tackle. He was taken in the fourth round. Okay. Uh, 2017, so I guess it's third year, sorry. Uh, but I just feel like he was a starter last year, put up some pretty solid stats, but I feel like with the addition of DeForest Buckner coming over, this is an opportunity for like a guy like Grover to really establish himself. He was pretty good at passing or rushing the passer last year, but I feel like with lines devoting more attention to a Buckner, it's going yeah. to allow a player like that to really, to really Absolutely. break out. So. Yeah, and we talk, I, I, say, I say it all the time, is that the most important thing for me is not like a specific positional group. It's synergy among units. Units that play off of each other work the best, and that's a great point right there. Yeah, and so just beyond that, though, like looking at the other offensive lines in in the division, I feel mm-hmm. like Tennessee lost a couple pieces, they not did. necessarily in the interior, but, right, but when they things lost get shuffled around, t- t- or, uh, Houston's always been, what, what are they doing? And Jacksonville. Although Houston, surprisingly, Houston could be one of the better ones. I mean, they they obviously they drafted a guy uh, last year in Titus Howard, and they traded for Laramie Tunzel. So I mean, they could come together a little I feel bit. Like, but I feel like they always <laughs> had that talent, but like just doesn't seem to quite. Deshaun Watson still run around for his life back there. <laughs> but so I'm I'm excited to see what that defensive front yeah does with Buckner there because I feel like it's gonna help elevate everybody there. Yeah, I, I was just real quick. My break. Oh, I just had. Oh yeah, my breakout is gonna be Will Fuller for the Texans. There's so many vacated targets, and whenever Will Fuller has been healthy, which has been a small amount in his career so far, he's been great. Yeah, he really has been. I mean, we all, especially as fantasy players, know the effect that Will, Will. Every time Will Fuller has played a full game, he's one year weak for fantasy. That's how good he's been. And I really think I think Will Fuller is going to stay healthy this year. I'm going to say I'm going to say that that's going to happen. I know that that's probably that bold, there's probably no. I know I have a different bold prediction. Um, but yeah, I, I think Will Fuller is going to be great this year. And I just I wanted to get that in before we do our picks. I want you to pick first though, because. I'm just curious. 
with this division. All right. Well, I am all over the Indianapolis Colts. Okay. Here. I okay. Think, I think I've talked about it time and time again. Yeah. Their offensive line and defensive line are what's important to me. Yeah. Uh, I think Indy has one of the most, one of the best, least talked about lines. Everyone always talks about, well, they talked about Dallas for forever, and then they talked about, for all the attention that Quentin Nelson gets, and they talk about him being a great guard, they just have one of the best lines, in my opinion. So, and then, like I just talked about, I talked about Buckner, uh, they have Grover Stewart, who I think is going to take a, a big leap in his second year of starting. I love their linebacking core. Their secondary concerns me a little bit, but I'm just really, really high on the Colts this year. Yeah, uh, so I remember us talking about this team at the beginning of the offseason, like after the Rivers, and I was like, I don't really know how I feel about the Colts and everything. And obviously everybody knows my affinity with the Titans, although I've been really iffy on them this year because I don't know if I believe that Brian Tiago gets his contract and he still plays the way he did at the end of last year. We both love Deshaun Watson. He just got his contract. But I'm with you on this. I picked the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, like, I, even I, after the clowning signing? Listen, even after the clowning signing, the, the, you're right You're right about this. The, the Indianapolis Colts are the best line in football, and that's my opinion. And then behind that, you have Marlon Mack, who was great the last couple of years. You have the rookie who a lot of people are super high on, and Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin. You've got Naheem Himes, who – Naheem Himes is an underrated name. Like, Phillip Rivers loves his third down passing back, and that's who Himes is. Yeah. And not only that, but you know, you know Himes ran a 4-2-9 in the 40-yard dash? I did not. Like, Himes has speed speed. And, like, people – I don't think really talk about that enough, but I mean, he's an incredible player and Philip Rivers loves to dump off to his running backs and Mac and can do it. And it's Taylor and Hines excel at it. And then you add T Y Hilton, you add Michael Pittman jr. Who I said is best rookie. You have Jack Doyle. Who's a very good tight end. Like, I just think that this is all set up for Philip Rivers to have sort of his swan song of a season and have a great year. And I, I think this division is going to be tough. I think they're going to, beat each other up. I think there's going to be moments where like all of them are under 500 and then there are going to be moments where all of them are at 500 and then all of a sudden it's like wait, they're all two games above 500 and who's going to win at the end of the year? I really think it's going to be one of those divisions and I think that in the end it's going to be going to be the Colts that pull out just because I think that their team as a whole is far better than the three other ones in the division. Yeah, I think I think that's a really great way of saying it. Um like you said about Hines though, he has People don't. He has the ninth most targets and the seventh most receptions amongst all running backs over the last two years. And that's before he had Philip Rivers, who loves to throw it to his yes, running back. Absolutely. So I really, I do think it's going to be a really fascinating division to watch. I also have the Titans making the dance. Uh, okay. I, I have the okay. Texans missing it this year. Okay. So I do have the Colts and Titans representing the okay. South and the AFC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That's how I have that division shape now. I don't know. Let me pull up and see. I don't know if I have. I do have the Texans making it. Actually, I have the Titans missing it. Ooh. But I have the I have the Tex. They're too talented. I have the Texans being that um, that seven seed. Okay. So, um, wait, hold on. Is that the wrong one? I think that might be the wrong one. (laughs) No, I still I do have I do have the Texans in the playoffs though. Regardless, I do. yeah, so... So I guess we'll head over to the NFC South then. Unless you want to do... Do you want to do all AFC? No, it's okay. We'll just go... We'll do it that way. Because that's how I have it written. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, NFC South. One of the 
always one of the most interesting divisions in the NFL. Uh, they have a lot of really good teams in this in this division, and I got a breakout player, and I got Hayden Hurst. Oh, that's also who I am. Yeah, so I, so here's the thing, Hayden Hurst. Uh, when you talk about players, a lot of times it's draft capital and opportunity, and he has the draft capital, but he you know he had not a ton of opportunity in Baltimore because they had three tight ends that they liked a lot. Obviously, Mark Andrews broke out. Uh, Nick Boyle was more of the blocking guy, so they used both of them together, and Hurst was kind of the odd man out. And so they were able to flip him for a fourth or fifth round pick to Atlanta, who lost Austin Hooper. They didn't want to pay him a ton of money. And Hayden Hurst is all the talent in the world. And you got a ton of vacated targets in Atlanta. So, I, I mean, it's, this Atlanta offense could be very good when you have Julio Jones, arguably the best receiver in the NFL, and then Calvin Ridley, people love, and then Todd Gurley. Whatever, however you feel about him, he's still a weapon when he's on the field. So, <laughs> you know, Matt Ryan loves to throw to the tight end. He, the, the, tight, the, the top tight end in the Falcons' offense has always been a fantasy viable option, and last year it became an incredible option. So I just, I'm really high on Hayden Hurst this year. I think you have a great campaign. I agree 100%. You know, the former uh, Pittsburgh Pirate baseball player is going to go down in his career. He's only played in the NFL for two years, which for a former first-round pick, he's relatively older, but he only has 512 yards, three touchdowns. Half of that came against the Buffalo Bills last year. In one play. In one play. (laughs) Uh, And I feel like he easily surpasses both of those statistics this year yeah absolutely so you made that one pretty darn easy so tell me tell me your winners and how that's gonna look well real quick i just want to say my my rookie oh yeah yeah so this is a rookie that uh is very easy to pick out especially oh wait no no hold on yes sorry easy to pick out no yeah uh it's easier to pick out when a guy like bill belichick has his eyes on you and didn't get you I'm going to go third-round pick Jeremy Chin. He's a safety from Southern Illinois. Now, this is a guy that was linked to New England all offseason. He was a guy that we were looking at that he had just, you know, versatility. He could play all over the field. This is a guy that Buffalo was kind of looking at at, at, at a certain point in the third round. Uh, it was the 64th pick. Actually, it was the second round, so they had two second-round picks. He was the 64th pick, pick of the second round. He was four years at Southern Illinois, had 243 career tackles, 13 interceptions, 31 passes defense, six forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, and a sack. So he legitimately just filled up every part of the stat sheet his whole career there at Southern Illinois. And I just think that uh, this is the Panthers, obviously. And that what, what, the, what I love that the Panthers did is that the Panthers' offense is good. It is good. It was good last year. It, with CMC, it's going to be good this year. Their defense failed them at the end of the year. So what did new head coach Matt Rule do? Spent every draft pick on the defense. And I love that for them. And like I said, you know, Panthers don't have a lot of expectations this year. That's okay. But they can be an under-the-radar team, like I said. Because they're we talked about at the beginning of last year, you know, four weeks in, we did our way-too-early MVPs. And I was saying CMC, and everybody was like, they're only good because their defense is actually good. And I was like, no, their defense is good because CMC is so good, it's letting them be good. And then what happened late in the year, their defense crumbled. It just absolutely crumbled when they couldn't handle the pressure. So they turned around and picked seven picks. And this is, you know, obviously they have Yerno Grossmatos from Penn State. And then they had Derek Brown with their first pick. But I think Jeremy Chin, the safety, is going to be a big playmaker for them. So that's my rookie. 
All right, all right. For, for that. And then let's go to picking the division. Yeah, so until otherwise proven wrong, I'm still going to go with the tried and true. I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, still feel like they have a very complete roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same can be said about the Bucks, who I also have making it into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm very excited to see those battles between Drew Brees and Tom Brady. But I just feel I feel more confident in in what they are as an organization right. than than all of the pieces that have been coming together to form a really awesome Madden team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for the, for the Buccaneers this year, so yeah. I still say the Saints win the division. I'm gonna go with the Falcons. <laughs> so here's the thing: if you listen to the show. This is the second year in a row. Is this just like an expectation thing that you? Yeah, that you, think I, you have to. I have to live up to expectations, and I have to be consistently inconsistent. And I'm, I'm, I just, I don't know why. I believe in. I know. I mean, I do know why I believe in the Falcons, but like, I don't know why I believe that this is going to be any different this year than any other year. But well, it, it'll be different because they're not going to be so bad. Right, it's not going to be. They were with everything else. They were six and two <laughs> at the end of the year. Their defense played great. Their offense was pretty great all season. Their defense turned it around the second half of the year. They were six and two, including wins over the Saints in the Superdome, and the over the 49ers in the 49ers stadium. So I just I think that they have everything that they need. Obviously, people know. I'm very high on Todd Gurley this year. I have him in a ton of fantasy leagues. And I just I think that he has something to prove. This offense has something to prove. And that this team, I th- we talk about Dan Quinn. We talk about a possible fire. But they turned it around last year. They're going to give him one last chance. I think, this, I think these players love Dan Quinn. I think these players want to play for Dan Quinn. And I think that that was evident at the end of the year where they're like, please do not fire this coach. Like, we want him. And they won six out of eight games to end the season. And I think that they just continue with that trend starting week one. I think there's going to be a big upset over Seattle because everybody's picking Seattle to win that game. And they're going to make a statement and say, no, we have a former MVP quarterback. We were in the Super Bowl three or four years ago. It was not that long ago. We have a good enough roster. And uh, I think they I think they get it done. All right. So, Well, there you go. Let's go down to, so that was the AFC and NFC South. Let's go to the AFC and NFC North. Let's talk about let's talk about the NFC North, your division, my friend. All right. Well, uh, sticking with the tight end breakouts, I feel like how can you ignore TJ Hawkinson in yeah. Detroit? I feel like he was <laughs> one of my very favorite players coming out of the draft two years ago, and I feel like he got off to that amazing start against Arizona and then fell off and then... Stafford got hurt, mm-hmm. and and the offense went uh, went down the drains a little bit. But I really feel like year two for the tight end seems to be like that next big step, where yeah. it's a very difficult position to learn. I mean, really, you're coming in and and learning three different things. You're learning your your route running. You're learning your inline blocks. You're learning uh, how to catch the football. So you're you're not just learning one thing. You're not learning how to cover a guy or or a, or a route, so it's it's a difficult position to pick up, and so it is. I really expect this is a player where he's going to live up to that billing where everyone was saying like this is the next big guy, this is the most complete guy we've seen in quite some time. He maybe didn't live up to that necessarily, but I feel like we're about to start seeing that. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's a really good pick, and they you know they say a lot like rookie tight ends very rarely exceed. I think the rookie tight end record for yards is like a little bit over five hundred or six hundred. Like it's not a lot, um, so like it's hard for them to adjust to the game because not only are they learning a wide receiver type position, they're also learning an offensive line. So you're learning two tough positions in the NFL when you come in, and it's hard. So that's I, I like that pick a lot. Um, my who is my player? Oh, it's right here. So, my player for the... What are you at, doing over there? And I have to have it on my phone because I can't have it on my computer because I'm worried that it's going to ruin the audio. So, equanimous St. Brown. There's got to be a second receiver in that Packer offense. And I know a lot of people want to say it's Alan Lazard, who's going to be the number two, or Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who you were very high on last year, who I think is going to slot in as the starting slot receiver. But... Equinity St. Brown is the second option on all of those positions, and I really think that, you know, I was I loved him coming. I think he played for Notre Dame, yeah. right? It was Notre Dame. He's a big six foot five receiver, can go up and get it. I think that he's gonna be under the radar. And, you know, I was high on Devin Funches before Devin Funches opted out. Or actually, did he get injured or did he opted out? Opted. I was gonna say he opted out. But I think that EQ, our guy, we pick him a lot in our Madden franchises, and he's a, he's a beast. I just I think that someone's got to emerge from this group for Aaron Rodgers, and I think I would put my money on him. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I think last year, if he had been hurt, he would have been one of those guys. I mm-hmm. feel like if he hadn't been hurt, maybe we wouldn't have known about a, a Lazard or yeah. whatnot. Um, so I, I really, really like that. I feel like I said it couple years ago, if not last year, I think, coming out of the draft, because he was at Notre Dame with Deshaun Kaiser. If Kaiser didn't get drafted out of your feet, stayed, mm-hmm. I feel like he would have been a much higher pick than he was and would have a would have a much more popular name than, than people are talking about. So I think that's, that's really great. Absolutely. So, rookie for this division, I'm just going to go Justin Jefferson. I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit. Okay. I talked about talent and opportunity being what it takes to break out. And talent and opportunity are all Justin Jefferson's right. He slots into the Stefan Diggs role right away and takes all those targets, scoops them right up, and I just think that he's going to be great. I mean, I, I think that he's a type of receiver that Kirk Cousins, thank you, uh, is going to love. And, you know, we were very high on Adam Thielen, but when they all start to cover Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson is going to be right there to eat it up. He had a great year with Joe Burrow, and I think that I think that. Kirk Cousins is a very similar type of quarterback to Joe Burrow, Whoa. and I think that I think that uh, he's gonna he's gonna like throwing to Justin Jefferson a lot. So, yeah, no, I can't I can't argue. I'm not sure I see him slotting into the the Diggs role. I feel like in the NFL he's probably gonna play more slot work. Uh, I guess I didn't mean it like that. I just mean like he's gonna slot into the vacated targets that Diggs left. I don't mean that he's gonna be like this streak burner type receiver at all times so i i do agree i'll be really curious i haven't heard i i've heard that he's struggled in camp which has surprised me yeah. that uh i don't even know how to cj something cj also uzma something, no though uh, i was gonna say that's no. a tight end yeah that's for, <laughs> for cincinnati yeah um Nawa, something like that i don't know he's the other Vikings wide receiver that Justin Jefferson has not been able to pass him on the depth chart, but I don't feel like that's a bad thing. I feel like that is mm-hmm. a okay for him in this position to yeah. to not be rolled out there and yeah. have to be the guy. And I do think he's gonna 
surpass him eventually. Yeah. And I feel like it's okay if if you want to say he's, quote, behind the learning curve, if you even want to think about it that way. But, right. So I, I agree with you. I'm not really buying all these things about the struggles. Right. All right. Who you got? Uh, I'm still going with the Green Bay Packers. Okay. I, I feel like this is going to be a highly, highly contested division. But when it comes down to it, I'm just going to go with the experience of the quarterback. And the quarterback that's gotten it done is Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And maybe they've he's taken a step back, possibly. Uh, well, I mean, he has in terms of statistics. But when push comes to shove, he can still make that wow throw. He can still make that wow play of getting out of the pocket and evading somebody and throwing on the run. Um, so I feel like this is going to be a really tough division. I feel like all the defenses have improved across the entire division, but I'm still going to go with that guy that's gotten it done. There's a big part of me that wants to say the Lions, but Stafford just hasn't gotten it done yet, in, in my opinion, and that's why I'm, I'm leaning towards Green Bay. I will say this. I wrote up, I've been writing up, in doing predictions for the last month or so, just like going through season predictor and seeing how it comes out. And a lot of times it comes out as the Lions for me as the, the winner. A lot of times. Okay. But I just can't sit here and pick the Lions. I have to pick the Packers. Now, I will say this. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to add anything on to what you said about the Packers because I agree with you. I think they're going to be great this year. I think Aaron's very upset that they picked a quarterback in the first pick and he's like, no, watch this. Okay. So I, I, I'm all on that. But I do have the Lions making the playoffs. I like I'm a, I'm a firm believer in the Lions this year. I really love the way Stafford played to start the year last year, and I think their defense in a third year with Matt Patricia. Here's the thing: I know that we talk about Matt Patricia a lot, and I know that you're not the biggest believer in him as a head coach. But Matt Patricia and the Belichick scheme, because it's it's pretty similar to the Belichick scheme. I mean, he was the defensive coordinator there for a while. Is a very very complex system, and at times they have shown to be very good in that. And I think a third year in that system for a lot of those players is gonna click for them. And I I don't expect them to be sort of a lockdown top five defense, but I think to, top of the league, top half of the league, like fifth, between ten and fifteen, maybe like eleven or twelve defense is enough with a Stafford type season that he was started to have last year. Second year in Daryl Bevel's scheme. I just, I really believe in this team. I love that they signed, they got DeAndre Swift. They just signed AP so they have depth at running back. I just, I really believe in that, in that offense. So I do have them sneaking into the playoffs as one of a wild card team. Okay. Uh, and if you want a surprise, I do have Minnesota missing the playoffs this year. I so, think I have Green Bay coming out of the North. So, so we'll see what happens. The rest of the way. Let's go to the AFC North, and I will start off with my rookie, and I will say Marquise Hollywood. No, not rookie. <laughs> you know, I'm having a tough day. Yeah, you're not. You're Listen, not batting a hundred. I just want to tell you, everybody. It's like eight a.m. for me. Okay, I just woke up like an hour and a half ago. So you wake I'm, up at six thirty a.m. I'm tired. Yeah. Anyway. My breakout is Marquise Hollywood Brown, who was a rookie last year, and he had some flashes last year. There were some times where Marquise Hollywood Brown was great. He had that one game against the Rams where he had two touchdowns. I mean, he had the first game of the year against the Dolphins where he had two touchdowns. I mean, he's a very, very good and talented receiver, and he just 
got banged up a little bit last year. And there were times where he just kind of struggled to figure things out in the NFL game. And, I mean, in the their last postseason game, he had a pretty good game too. So I just I think that Lamar and this offense are going to open it up a little bit more. They're going to throw a little bit more. And I think that Hollywood's going to be the benef- benefactor of that. So I, I have Marquise Hollywood-Brown being a breakout this year. Okay. He did uh, beef up a little bit to try to stay on the mm-hmm. field a little more mm-hmm. than he did last year, which I think mm-hmm. is a benefit because I agree with you. I think really the biggest thing that held Hollywood back was – was injury not being able to be out there. So yeah. I think it's a really good one. I'm yeah. going to go with uh, a pick that's a little bit weird, but I'm going to go with Eric Ebron. So two years okay. ago, he, he broke out onto the scene with Indianapolis, mm-hmm. uh, catching like 20 touchdowns from Andrew Luck. Then Luck retired, and yeah. he fell back into the obscurity that he was the entire time in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like he's now in Pittsburgh, and I feel like he is going to be one of Big Ben's best friends. They've, they've talked about him moving around the offense a lot during training camp. And I just feel like that is going to be it's going to work really well for that offense. I feel like Roethlisberger is going to really like having that really big target uh, in, in the middle of the field, he has the hands to to go about and do that. They still have Vance McDonald, who I think is a really good do it all tight end, who's gonna stay in and be able to to block and whatnot. Because Ebron is not really known too much for that, so I feel like he's just gonna be maybe like that big slot kind of tight end. But I feel like he's, he's a gonna, former tenth overall pick. I feel like he is going to eat a bit there in Pittsburgh, and I'm excited. Uh, real quick before we make our picks, I'm going to go the most low-hanging fruit of low-hanging fruit for rookies, but it's going to be Joe Burrow for me. I really think... Blame. So here's the thing. <laughs> Nate Burleson on Good Morning Football picked the Bengals to make the playoffs okay. as a seventh seed. And I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm not going to be shocked if this is a good team. This offense is pretty loaded. If Joe Burrow is the player that everybody thinks that he is, this... Offense is pretty loaded. Their their offensive line, they get their rookie that they picked last year, Jonah Williams, Williams back. They still have Cordy Glenn. And they have weapons all over the board. A.J. Green is healthy for the first time in two years. Is he? John John Ross is back. They've got their rookie. Games. They've got their rookie T. Higgins. They've got Tyler Boyd who they signed to a contract last year. The they've got receiver. Joe Mixon in the backfield. I mean, they have options all over the board for, for Joe Burrow. And I just, I really think that Joe's going to have one of those rookie seasons that we're like, okay, Joe Burrow, because we both talked about how we think Tua's going to have a better career and we think Tua's the better player, which I still I still believe. But that doesn't mean that I'm not high on Joe Burrow either. I really think that, like, there was a time where it was like we were crowning Joe Burrow, and now there's a time where I think a lot of people are like, nah, I don't know how I feel about Joe Burrow. I think we've kind of switched a little bit, and I think that Joe Burrow's going to come out show why he was the number one overall pick and have a really good year. And I think that the Bengals are going to be a tough out this year. I think that you can't write them off their schedule this year like they were last year for the most part. So, all right. All right. Uh, so let's just get right into the picks. And I'm just going to go right in and say the Ravens. I So here's my thing. It's last year. People kind of rolled. Well, you didn't actually. I was very happy about that. You didn't roll your eyes when I picked the Ravens. You're like, okay, I see it. But a lot of people that I talked to when I picked the Ravens last year were like, the Ravens? Really? And I was like, yeah, the Ravens. And I think that this is a team that they're not going to go 16 and 0. But if you told me that the Ravens were going to go 16 and 0 this year, I'd be like, okay. You're like, legitimately. I mean, they were 14 and 2 last year, and they only got better. They only added depth all over the field. They added Calais Campbell. They drafted J.K. Dobbins. 
like they really only added pieces on this team and i you know i just i like the story of the browns but they're not going to be good enough for a division title i like big ben coming back to a team that went eight and eight with a fourth string quarterback like i like i like those teams i just don't see them being in the caliber of the ravens this year so i'm just picking the ravens all right, yeah, I'm gonna go with those Steelers. Okay, they, they these are both played, of our picks from last year. They played Baltimore extremely tough. They did uh, in those matchups with less than subpar quarterback. It's very I true. Feel like really pound for pound, they have just as good of a defense as Baltimore, and so I feel like when they come back, they have they have the pieces to definitely take down the Ravens, and. Throughout his career, it, it, it's been a really good divisional battle. All yeah. those times with Flacco and oh, Big yeah, Ben, absolutely. they always went back and forth. But I would always lean with Big Ben on those battles. And so we haven't gotten to really see the Big Ben versus Lamar. And this might be one of the last one or two years that we get to see it. But I still feel like he's going to go in there with the confidence that this is a team that I know how to beat. I will say this. I like all four teams in this division. I legitimately do. I mean, I don't. I can't say that about every division in the NFL. I mean, obviously, I love football, and I always want to. I'm the kind of person. If you guys listen a lot, you know, like I'm the kind of person that tries to find ways to like things. I don't. I don't like people in the world who try to find. Well, I know. I, I yeah, it's funny, but like legitimately in a serious way, like there are so many people in our world today who try to find ways to not like something or to hate something. You know what I mean? Okay. I try to find ways to root for things. And yeah, that can make me kind of an annoying person. But like I want I want I want, Shut I, up, I, I, want a, so annoying. I want to find a, a, a reason to like something. But this is a team that I this is a division I legitimately like all four teams. Like I will root for whoever wins this division to do well in the playoffs. I will. Okay. Because I just I like them all, and I, yeah. and I and I've never and I've never really been a huge Big Ben fan in in his career, but in the back half of his career, I've really come around to Big Ben and the person that he's grown into. Because I think early in his career, he he didn't show to be a very good person, and I you know is he has had a very intimate and personal story of growth throughout his his life and his career, um, and so I've become a, a fan of, of Big Ben, and obviously like. I, I, I like when the Steelers do well. Having gone to college there, it was always fun when they were playing well. So, And then, obviously, we have our bet about the Browns. But um, no win. Who I do have in the playoffs. No. I actually, like I said, I have the Ravens winning. I have the Browns in the playoffs. So no. we'll see what happens. So wrong. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on to our last two divisions, the AFC and NFC Easts. Let's start with the AFC East. No, nope, we'll do it with our division. <laughs> okay. Starting with our division. Breakout player for me, another rookie from last year, having a breakout this year with a better quarterback. Yes, I said it. Nikhil Harry is going to have a breakout campaign for the New England Patriots. I, so here's the thing. I, I've teetered back and forth between whether or not New England's going to be a good football team this year. And I think I landed on they're just going to be a middling team because they have pieces – but really, the only thing that's changed from last year is Cam Newton, and then they lost. They, Twelve players opted out of the New England Patriots. Twelve, most of them on defense. I just don't see them being a team that wins more than eight or nine games this year. I think that they win between six and eight games, and I think that maybe one of them is against Buffalo because Belichick always has our number. And until it actually happens, until 
until Buffalo actually wins, I'm going to go in with the mindset of, like, I'm scared. Because okay. they always find a way to get us. But I think that Nikhil Harry is going to have a big campaign. I think that they talked about in camp that it seems to be Cam's favorite target. He really likes the kid. The kid's had a very good camp. And he's going to be the number two option in the offense. And if actually, I mean, technically probably the number one because Edelman's going to slot into a slot role. And Nikhil's going to start on the outside. They got rid of Muhammad Sanu. Mm-hmm. Nikhil Harry's job to come, so I, I think he's, he's a breakout player for me. Yeah, I like that. Uh, so here we go. I finally going to qualify because I have a rookie now. Oh, okay. Who I also think's going to break out if you can call that as a rookie. But I'm okay. going with with the Dolphins. Going to go with their third third round pick, Noah. I'm gonna Igbenogamy. Igbenogamy. Uh, kind of got that right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I just I'm really when I when they first drafted him, I was like, who's this guy out of Auburn? I don't really know this guy, uh, but he's just been tearing it up in camp, and I feel like he's in a really good room to to learn yeah. about the skills and the art of being a defensive back. And I just I feel like I'm I'm getting more and more excited the more I learn about him. So I'm I'm gonna go with the, him as my rookie slash breakout player. And the and the Dolphins again. So. Kyle Brett, this Kyle Brett said they were going to be the seventh seed in the playoffs, and I will say this for the Dolphins: they're a good football team. They were hard to beat last year. They beat the New England Patriots, who were trying as hard as they could to make it to the to to win that last game because they wanted that bye week, and they didn't get it, and they lost because of it. So, I mean, they they're going to be a team that every team should be afraid to play this year because they've added so much talent across the board. And Brian Flores is a hell of a coach. Yeah, so, so technically by your Falcons logic, you should pick the Dolphins. Why? Because you were like, they won six out of their last eight. and I don't even know. I know. Were they five and three at the end? Something like that? Uh, I think they were. I think so. Because it wasn't four <laughs> and four. Yeah, I was going to say. Something like I thought that. they had a winning record. They did have a winning um, record. Yeah, so I won't, I'll let you have the rookie on that one. I just want to point out that I do think that at some point, Tua does play, and I think that Tua does play great when he does. I'm going to be very fascinated to watch that storyline. Uh, I feel like I've always been on the train, kind of hoping he doesn't. Right. Uh, I'm just, at first, I was like, I hope he doesn't, and everything pointed to he is going to. Yeah. And I feel like that started to back off a little bit. I'm starting to wonder, think he might not. Yeah. Well, I do wonder with the Rosen release, I feel like it does increase the odds a little bit. Yeah. But I really feel like. Flores might not be the coach where they feel the pressure to be like, okay, let's just do it. Well, yeah, because, I mean, he had the five-year contract that they signed. They know they're rebuilding, and I think they like the direction they're going regardless of the record outcome this year. So I don't think there will be pressure for it to happen. But I think that if they get to midseason and they feel, okay, like this team has what it takes to win games this year, then I think you make the switch if you're not like – if if Fitz isn't doing – as well as you'd like to, and you're like middle of the pack in the middle of the year, and you're Flores, and you think, we could make a run for the playoffs this year, then you make the switch. And see, I just, that that makes sense to me, but it also doesn't, because I don't see them doing well enough okay. to want to pull the trigger. Yeah. And if they are doing well enough, then they're just doing well they're enough. They're just going to keep it with Fitz. Yeah. yeah. So if they get to midseason, they have a losing record, I don't see the point of putting him in then. Okay. Uh, and if they're in a point where you're like, well, we can make a push, I feel like you 
then you're doing okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I, it, it's a it's a daunting schedule for the Dolphins, though. Yeah. So, well, it, the whole AFC East has a tough schedule. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not super high on them. Like I, they they'll they'll win some games where they surprise, and they'll probably win some games that they're supposed to. But they'll or, or at least definitely compete. But I don't have extremely high expectations. But I'm just excited to see what they do. Look, I'm just gonna I'm gonna let you talk because I'm gonna pick the Bills and I picked them last year. They and it, they were close last year. They had their last couple of games. If they would have beaten New England, they would have won the division, and that's okay. We didn't. I, I get it. Um, I'm not gonna talk a lot about this team because I want to have. Listen, I'm 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 loud and I'm obnoxious and I'm a, and I am boisterous. And you that's, like getting excited about. Things. And I get very excited about things, and that's okay. <laughs> But this is just going to be cool and calm and collected. I'm going to have a silent confidence in public when we're in our living room. You're just going to have to kind of deal with me being very loud about it. (laughs) But right here, I'm just going to say the Bills are finally going to win the division for the first time since 1995. And I'm going to cry. Wow. So go ahead. As long as you don't cry when they lose those five or six games, it's fine. Yeah, I also have the Buffalo Bills finally winning the division, yeah. but I think, I, with that being said, I still I do think you're dead wrong about the Pats. I feel okay. like they're going to compete. I have them making the playoffs. Well, oh, oh, okay. I have them making okay. the playoffs, so you're right. They okay. had uh, a number of players opt out, but yeah. they're there. So I, the biggest name, I know there were two, but the biggest name that I can think of right now. Dante Hightower. Yeah, and so... Like, One of the McCourty brothers, too. Okay, so, but I mean, you still have the... Defensive Player of the Year in Gilmore there. I feel like one of the biggest things, and and not to take anything away from Tom, but I feel like Tom was starting to be one of the issues there last year, especially near the end. I I think Cam coming in, I think Cam is extremely angry about the disrespect that he was shown throughout free agency and signed for a league minimum. Mm -hmm. I feel like he's going to remind people as to why... He is a former MVP and was once called Superman. And so I don't see them winning the division, but I definitely see them winning at least nine or ten games. And I feel like win the seven-seed format, that's enough to, to get the job done. I, I, th- three quick things. One, I will say, I never said they wouldn't compete. I said they would compete. Um, two. You, you said they were going to eight, win eight games. Like two. I will say this is the first Patriots team in a long time since I can ever remember that I will root for. Okay. Because I love Cam Newton, and I really enjoy underdog stories. And they're an underdog right now for in a lot of people's eyes. In a lot of people's eyes. And not in my eyes. Because, because in my eyes, until we beat the Patriots, I will always have nightmares about it. Okay. We, you know what I mean? We've only beaten them once for real in my entire memory as a fan. Like, we've beaten them at the end of the year when it didn't matter, and we beat when Jacoby Brissett had to start the one game. So the, I don't really care about those two. But the one was when Fitzpatrick beat them in the incredible week four matchup when we were both 3-0, and and it was incredible. Like, okay. it's the only time I can remember, like, actually flat out beating the Patriots at full health. So, like, until it happens, psychologically, I'm not going to be like, oh, we're the favorite. But most people are picking the Bills to win the division. It, I feel like mo- yes, they should. Most people are. Um, so until that happens, you know what I mean? But, like, they have an underdog mentality right now because there are a lot of people counting them out. And Cam Newton and Bill Belichick with an underdog mentality is scary. So I'm not going to – so, I'm, again, like I said, I think in terms of, like, trying to look at it analytically, I do think that they end up as, like, 
a seven to nine win team. I, that's just like what I think ends up happening, but not like a they got blown out in those nine games. Like they lost by one possession in most of those games. Like that's the type of team I think they are, and I think that what they're gonna miss in Tom. Although I do think that Cam is an upgrade, what they're gonna miss is those late game situations where Tom knows all 150 plays that uh, Josh McDaniels has ever called for him in the fourth quarter. And he's gonna be like, you know what? Let's go to play 79. That one's gonna work right here. Like that's what they're gonna miss in this team. And I don't think they're gonna be able to win those late game games like they always have as the Patriots. And I could be wrong about that. I'm not I'm not bullish on that. <laughs> See, that definitely makes me actually feel higher but, on them. Yeah. Because if they get into situations where yeah. it becomes chess matches, yeah. sure Tom Brady is better than Cam Newton. Right. But like you said, you just talked about Josh McDaniels, who we've always yeah. had as a head coach material. I, I love getting, Josh McDaniels. That offensive mind with yeah. the Cam Newton it's like, physical possibilities. It's exciting. And you have one of the best defensive minds in Belichick. I feel Absolutely. Like when push comes to shove, when maybe Cam doesn't have it on the field, but right. when they come over and talk to him, like, here's what's going to happen. Here's yeah. what you're going to see. That's... I, and they send him out, I feel like. And I'll say this. Like, they're, they're like, there are people who have picked the Pats. There are people who said Cam Newton MVP, and I'm that neither of those things would shock me. I just <laughs> sure. want you to know that. I, yeah. Like, I, I like I, I want I want to enjoy being a little bit confident in my team. I want to enjoy that because I, I haven't. Like I've, I've, I've have, never. Been, I I've, also agree yeah. with them winning the East. But but you're right. I will I will not be shocked at either of those outcomes because Joshua Daniels with Cam Newton seems like not only scary but a lot of fun. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. And it seemed I will say this: the third thing I wanted to say is that. Everybody thought this was going to be a disaster. Cam and Bill seem to love each other. And I don't know if that's just like they want to put that on because they want people to seem like it's okay. But they seem like they're a great match for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Cam's, I, always I also... a, Cam's a personality, but Cam's always been a hard worker. And that's what Bill wants in his players. Yeah. Like Cam is, for, for all of Cam's de- defaults, and I know that like not everybody was really upset with when he walked away from his press conference at the Super Bowl, things like that. that Again, like I said, like nobody we all get that and this but that's his third year in the in the league. Like again, he was a young player. He's matured a lot. He's been through a lot. Cam has always always been one of the hardest workers, if not the hardest in the room. And that's what that's why I I think that this marriage has worked. Yeah, so far. And I definitely so far. I definitely don't think there could be anything about them like trying to put on that prime. Right. Like we all heard and learned about the stories about why there was a disconnect between him and Tom Brady. So I yeah. feel like there is no hiding it right. in that organization. Right. So I feel like things are just going well. I feel like they're probably at this point in their two careers like a pair that probably needed to come together. Yeah, absolutely. And so just to recap our Oh wait, we, wait, we didn't do the did we do the NFC side yet? Yeah, no, we started with the NFC East. So let's do the NFC East real quick. So I will say I'll I'll do my breakout in rookie real quick. Uh, my breakout is Blake Jarwin with the okay. with the Cowboys. I think that everybody wants to talk about CeeDee Lamb, who you and Mike both say was the best receiver coming out. And, you know, we're talking about Amari <laughs> Cooper, the newly minted $100 million man. There's Zeke Elliott. There's Michael Gallup, who broke out last year. Excuse me. The guy with the role with the most vacated targets is stepping into the Jason Witten role is going to get 60 to 70-plus targets in this offense. And I think that he's going to be the missing – he's going to be the, the, the guy that the defense is like, wait, Blake Jarwin? We didn't think about game planning for Blake Jarwin, and he's just going to eat in that middle of the field, and he's a he's a big play tight end. Um, and I, I really believe in, in the in the, in the the Blake out. 
Um, Ooh, I don't like that at all. So, <laughs> um, and then my rookie, and we haven't talked about him on the show, but I talk about him all the time, especially fantasy, is Antonio Gibson, Memphis rookie running back for the Washington football team. He's gonna step. He's not listed as the starter right now, but he's gonna take one of the first couple snaps for this team at running back, and he's also gonna play wide receiver. I just think that this this I think that the Washington football team is gonna be a team that's gonna win more games than you think, and they're gonna be a an issue for more teams than you think that they should be an issue for. Uh, they're they've got. You know, their linebacking core is, is, is okay, but their front four is one of the best in football. I mean, they have incredible depth there, and they just added Chase Young. It's it's going to be really good. They're going to they're gonna sack a lot of quarterbacks this year. And then on offense, if you, you believe in Dwayne Haskins or not, they've got weapons in Terry McLaurin and now Antonio Gibson, rookie, running back, receiver, offensive weapon. He's going to be, my, he's gonna be the, the best rookie in the division, in my opinion. Go ahead. All right, yeah, I'm actually, to counter you, I, I'm i not super high on Jarwin. I know okay. like, that yeah. a lot of people are like, he is the breakout player. Yeah. I feel like we haven't famously seen McCarthy use his tight ends. That's true, that's as, fair. Nearly as much as a Jason Garrett who that's a good loved point. the tight ends. That's and a very good point. Not to say that Green Bay, during McCarthy's, McCarthy's tenure, had the best tight ends. I mean, like they had right. the family years and... Right. That he did pretty well, and they had the year of Cook where he came on yeah. late, but it's never been something where he's much more wide receiver coach yeah. than he is a tight end guy, and having those three guys, I feel like he's just salivating there, and so I feel like I feel like Jarwin's going to have a good, solid year, but I feel like it's not going to be something where it's like, oh my gosh, yeah. look at Blake Jarwin popping off the page. My guy, I'm going uh, to the New York football giants. I feel like this is kind of cheating because I feel like he really broke out last year, but it's a player okay. that's not so much being talked about, and it's it's Darius Slayton. Okay, yeah. And uh, I say that uh, you were doing a fantasy draft that I was listening to yesterday since you're in 27 of them, so you do one like every other day. And Darius Slayton was one of the last giant wide receivers taken. Yeah, both he? both Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard went before Slayton. So he caught 740 yards and eight touchdowns yeah. as a rookie, and I feel like he just has a really good rapport with Daniel Jones. So here is uh, a bold prediction before we get to that segment here. Okay. I think Darius Slayton is going to have the best statistical year out of any receiver in that division. In the division. In the division. Ooh. Now now that's just because in Dallas there are more talented players, but there are more mouths to feed where I think Darius Slayton is going to be the guy in New York. Okay, that's a good good argument for that. They have the most success or anywhere near it, but he's going to be the guy where footballs are being thrown to three talented guys in Dallas. No love for Terry McLaurin? (laughs) Yeah, I like Terry McLaurin. I like Deshaun Jackson this year a lot too, but... Okay, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. So who is your winner? I'm uh, still going with, with the Dallas Cowboys. I okay. feel like they're way too complete. Uh, I feel like they just have a really well-rounded team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am I am tempted to pick the Eagles. Okay. Uh, but they're just dealing with so many injuries right up here on front. Maybe that's a good thing. I feel like we've talked about that. Would you rather get it out of the way now yeah. or later on? But they've just... Their their line is a mess right now. They're experiencing issues at wide receiver again already. Mm-hmm. Now one 
point that I think is important is that the Dallas offensive line is not what it once was. They did lose Travis Frederick. Uh, they just put Lyle Collins on IR. He could come back maybe. I, I'm not super up on that injury, but so that's a, a big piece to lose at your tackle position. So it is not once the vaunted unit that it once was. And I feel like that's really important to note. But other than that, though, I feel like they just have really great linebackers that I, I love there. They still have just an, an amazing offensive set there with those wide receivers we were talking about, and Zeke and Dak and whatnot. But I feel like that's just going to be hard to contend with. So I am going with the Dallas Cowboys. And I, I feel like I'm going to stick with it this year. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. We did both end on, on Philly last year, so... Uh, so I'll say a couple things first. I need to point out Mike did correct us on our last podcast. Yeah, yeah we were wrong. I did say that Philly won two years in a row. They did not. The S- NFC East has not had a repeat champ since 2004. Yikes. So it's been a long time. It's not happening this year, according to me. And the Cowboys won it in 2018. Philly won it last year. Yes. So uh, they've alternated in the last three years, I believe. So I will, and I will also say this. I've said this a couple of times. The last time I mispredicted the NFC East was RG3's rookie year because <laughs> I didn't pick Washington that year. So it's been a while. There's a lot of pressure. I need to get this one right. Wow. And I've went back and forth on this a lot. I'm so excited. I was very high on Philly for a while, and then they had a ton of injuries, and then I was like, okay, okay, Dallas. And then I was like, well, a lot of times when you have – you know, when you're debating really close, there's like a, a dark horse team that comes up. I was like, so maybe the Giants come out of nowhere. Um, I actually kind of love that, though. You know what I mean? And I, so I was thinking about that. And then I sat there and I said, you know what? If, if two things that I believe, or th- sorry, three things that I believe the most Are about you this Washington right now? No. <laughs> One, that Dallas doesn't play well against good teams. They haven't for the last couple of years. And last year they really struggled with it. I know that Mike said that. You know, if they flip their luck, they're a 13-3 and team. And that he said they're going to have one less win than the Chiefs because that's how good of an offense that they have. And that leads me to two. I just don't believe in their defense that much. I know they added a ton of depth on the on the front seven. Uh, and they added some pieces to the secondary. But I've, I haven't seen it happen yet. Okay. Um, and three, that Doug Peterson and the Eagles know how to win games as shorthanded as any team has ever been. And while they've had some injuries, they haven't had quite as many. I still think they're a better team. I'm going to pick the Philadelphia Eagles to break the curse and be the first NFC East team to repeat since 04. I, I like I just I, I'm looking at it and like I'd love to pick the Cowboys because it makes sense, right? They add CD Lamb, one of the best receivers. They obviously like you said their their, their line has has deteriorated a bit especially for this year uh, but they're still a good line they still have Zeke Elliott who they just signed they still have Amari Cooper they still have Michael Gallup Blake Jarman like they have all these pieces but I just haven't seen them do it you know what I mean and so I I, I think that the fact that the Eagles were able to win the division last year with like nobody on offense but Miles Sanders really you know what I mean uh, Boston Scott that's true I love Boston Scott um they were able to do that with that shorthanded. There's no way. I mean, I'm gonna knock on wood, but there's absolutely no way they are that decimated this year. And if that's the case, I believe in Carson Wentz more than I believe in Dak Prescott. There's a reason why the Cowboys haven't signed him, and all these other quarterbacks keep getting signed. There's something there. 
Dak Prescott's a very good quarterback. I still don't think he's a great quarterback. I believe that Carson Wentz is, and I believe in Doug Peterson. I think that the Philadelphia Eagles win the division. All right. I, I can't yeah. argue with that logic. I, I like it. I feel like I went with a very similar approach to Green Bay about mm-hmm. the players that have been there and done before. I think that's just really solid. Yeah, and again, like I said, I'm another division that if, if the Cowboys win, I'll be like, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, whatever. I was wrong. It's not like a, wow, I was. I can't believe that. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. I just, I'm going to go with my gut, and I'm going to go with, like, I just believe in Philly and what they have more than Dallas because I've seen them do it. I've seen them do it with less. Fair. So, all right. That's our divisional previews. Uh, this just a little, little bit of a recap. I have the Bills, Colts, Ravens, and Chiefs winning in the AFC divisions. And then I have the Falcons, Packers, Eagles, and Rams winning the divisions. And I have the Bills, Colts, Steelers, and Chiefs winning mm-hmm. their divisions. And Green Bay, New Orleans, Dallas. And then I said the Seattle, point, I believe. You did say Seattle, yes. So we only match on one in the NFC, and we only differ on one in the AFC. Uh, Fun. Wait. So we did. We mentioned a couple of different teams. So who are your three wild cards in each? We mentioned a couple of teams. Okay. Uh, so technically, by how it has to go, based on what we just picked, I have right. the Ravens, the Titans, and the Pats as the wild cards in the AFC. Okay. And then in the NFC, I have the Bucks. Okay. Uh, and then I actually have all three other teams in the West. Really? I have, I have well, not not Arizona. But Two I of have, it. Yeah, so okay. I, think I have three teams coming okay. out of the West in, okay. in the 49ers and the Rams. Okay. Uh, so in the AFC, I do have the Texans and the Titans, so I do have two teams from the, from the South, and then I have the Browns making it. So it's I don't have the Steelers making it. I don't have, you know, so we'll see what happens, but... Um, and then the NFC, I do have the Saints making it. I do have the 49ers making it. And I have the Lions being the surprise team. So Seattle misses. Tampa Bay misses. I've got a couple of big misses in that. But again, we've been right. We've been wrong. So we'll see what happens. Um, all right. So let's go to our next thing. We've got our NFL MVP and our Super Bowl picks. Who we got? Yeah. So are we doing MVP first? Yeah, let's do MVP first. All go right. Ahead. Well... I already know mine's different. Last year, last year we both picked Aaron Rodgers, just to preface. <laughs> we were both very wrong. <laughs> so my MVP, now hear me out, hear me out. Okay. Is Tom Brady. Oh. Uh, and I feel like that's not even going to be because Tom Brady has the best year. I don't feel like he okay. even has one of the best teams in the league. Okay. But Tom Brady is a... <laughs> always going to be a popular name when it comes to this voting. That's true. And we're That's very going, true. I'm very I'm I'm confident that we're going to see Tom Brady have a year unlike we've seen him have in years. Okay. And so when that pops out, people are going to be like, "Oh, Tom Brady." That's so it a may good not point. be the most deserved, but it's going to be I, I think the MVP award often is a popularity contest. Yeah. Uh who's doing what now? Yeah. And so I feel like when people see that name, they're going to be like, "Oh, yeah. Look at this 42-year-old quarterback doing this thing, and it's going to be Tom Brady. I like the logic on that. I really, like, that's a really, obviously, I don't want Tom Brady to win the award, but, like, I appreciate the logic on that. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you. So, this one's hard for me, because obviously I always want it to not be a quarterback, but it's going to be a quarterback. Um, I will say this, that 
if it wasn't going to be a quarterback, I would have said Julio Jones because I think oh, that I think the Falcons are going to I think the Falcons are going to be like nuts, and I just think that Julio is going to go crazy. Um, so if if it wasn't going to be a quarterback, that's who I would pick. But it's going to be a quarterback. So if I'm going to pick a quarterback, I'm going to pick a guy that we both love that should win MVP finally and I'm going <laughs> to pick Russell Wilson. Yeah. I'm I'm going to say for my jersey there, bud. I'm, yeah, I I'm it's it's on its way. Um it's I did actually way. I did actually order it yesterday. <laughs> um I just thought when it's going to come in. But I I had to guess yours. I I wasn't sure if I was going to do small or medium, but I figured it's better to be bigger so I did medium. Um was that wrong? Should I pick large? No, but oh. definitely don't pick large. Oh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I should have picked small. That's fine. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I just think that the most amazing stat of all stats is that in t- his entire career, he's never received a single vote. He's never received a single MVP vote. Yeah. That's nuts to me. Although it does, like, it's it's nuts to me, but, like, he went, the two, the two players that he, like, when he, his two best chances were the last two years, and unanimous Lamar, uni- unanimous Mahomes. So, like, we get it. But at the same time, he deserves to have an MVP vote in his career. So, that's who I'm going to go with. So you go from vote. one vote to the winner. Yep, oh, one yeah. vote to the winner. He deserves it. I like that. Uh, so, let's go to our Super Bowls. All right, I want you to go first. Okay, so here's my thing. All right, I'm excited about this. Are you this. going to the Falcons? I'm again? very excited about this. So, I have done... I've done about 10 to 15 season predictions because I found a season predictor online. It takes me like 5-10 minutes just to go through the whole season and then pick it. And so like some of them are like vastly deviated from the others. But the most common Super Bowl that I came up with is the one that I'm going to pick. Okay? okay? So I'm going to go a little bit statistical here. So I picked the LA Rams to win the division. I'm picking the LA Rams to be the NFC representative in the Super Bowl. All right. I think that they're going to play the Saints in the title game and I think the Saints can't break the curse. I think the Saints are cursed. I think that they cannot make that final step. I think they get there again and then the Rams just beat them. And they're just a better team. And I believe so much in Sean McVay. People are very there a year ago, people were crowning Sean McVay as the next Bill Belichick, and now all of a sudden, nobody wants to talk about Sean McVay. Yeah. I know it's a very, like, what have you done for me lately in league and world that we live in, but Sean McVay is still one of the best coaches in the NFL, okay. and he's still very young, and they've added a lot of pieces. They lo- I think that Todd Gurley is going to be addition by subtraction for this team because they felt that they had to give him the ball all the time. Now they don't. They've got a committee back there of great running backs. Malcolm Brown's going to start, but they've got Cam Akers, the rookie, who's great. They've got Daryl Henderson from last year that they really love. They, they've been huge on Van Jefferson, the rookie out of Florida that they, receiver that they signed. They still have Cooper Cup. They still have Robert Woods. They have Tyler Higby, who you love. Like This is just an incredible team. They still have all the defensive pieces. Resigned Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald. Like They just have so much, and I believe in this team. So that's my NFC pick for the Super Bowl. And my AFC pick... Is Philip Rivers and the Indianapolis Colts? This is—I said it was his swan so song. Fun. It's his swan song. We talked about him in our divisional preview. I just—this is the best line that Philip Rivers has ever had in his career. Yeah, I don't probably. think, and and maybe there have been times where he's had better overall weapons, but this is still a great team with weapons. T. Y. Hilton is going to love. I talked about Michael Pittman Jr. coming out. We talk about. Uh, Marlon Mack, a great back, and then people who think G- Jonathan Taylor is the second coming of Saquon Barkley already. And then we talked about Naheem Himes being a great pick. I love Jack Doyle. He loves his tight ends. Like, I just, in their defense with Darius Leonard, and you talked about 
Oh, I forget his name right now. <laughs> I forget his name. Uh, it's Grover Donald. You're talking about Grover? Or Grover Stewart. Grover sorry. Stewart. We talked about Malik Hooker. Like, I, I just think that they have great. Anthony Walker is a linebacker. Like Anthony no Walker. They traded for the, the uh, Buckner. Like, just this team is a great team. And I think that they win the division. And once they get in the playoffs, I think Phillip just kind of goes nuts in the playoffs. Okay. And says, like, I'm getting my Super Bowl. And then he just rides off into the sunset. I just I that's that's what I'm saying, and I say the Indianapolis Colts beat the LA Rams, and Philip Rivers gets his Super Bowl. Well, you know how much I would love that. <laughs> I I would like that very much. I feel like you went with such obscurity picks that yep. mine's gonna seem boring. Now. That's okay. I just like I said, I I did multiple multiple picks, and a lot of times it was like the Ravens and the in the Saints. And also, or that's like, so funny, you though, but like there have been times where like when you've been doing these simulators in front of me, you're like, why does this team only have? 14 games. I know. So, so when you're like talking about your statistics, I, I don't know. know how much stock I can put in. I know. Just saying, <laughs> but I did it a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, like we're talking to you. Like, this game only played this, 12. They only played 12 games this year? That's they weird. only have 13 too. What's going on? <laughs> so I don't really know what's going on with you and your... Just leave that to Cynthia Freeland, all right? Okay, yeah. So my Super Bowl pick, uh, you did such a cool narrative that I'm just not going to be able to match. I just okay. don't have that excitement that you Okay. Can. That velocity. So I'm going to go with uh, the Chiefs going back. I okay. feel like they are the start of a dynasty here. They okay. obviously signed Mahomes that extension, but they also locked up Reed and their GM, mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey. They have Chris Jones there that they locked up. And then I have the Seahawks coming out of the North. Okay. So you have the Rams and I have the Seahawks. That'd be an like awesome Russell's Super Bowl. Get back there. That, that literally, of the two quarterbacks that everybody says are the two best in the NFL. Like, that would be awesome. I would I love like, to watch it. I feel like that'll be fun, and I just... I'm, Chiefs are going to play every NFC West team in the Super Bowl in the next four years. Yes, that's what it's going to be. <laughs> so, we've gone back and forth on, like, what a safety really means to a team and whatnot, yeah. but I really just feel like Jamal Adams is going to bring back some swagger to that defense that we ha- haven't seen the last few years. Mm-hmm. They've always been good maybe not statistically but they've been a good defense last couple of years but mm-hmm. ever since the legion of boom departed it hasn't had the same swagger and i feel like they tried doing that with Clowney. Yeah. and when he was available i think he brought some of that but he wasn't always on the field where yeah. like adams is just going to help bring that back and ignite some other players to to elevate their game and and, and match that fiery personality that carol okay. is and i feel like it's going to motivate yeah. him to, to go far okay and, and then who and wins i trust so you know, as much as I love the Seahawks, I don't see them having the firepower okay. to match up with the Chiefs, and I feel like... So back-to-back champs for the first time since, like, 2004. Well, it was just a few years ago with the Pats that they did it. Did they won... I don't know if they won twice in a row. They did. Did they? Yes. They beat the Rams, and who did they beat the year before? I thought they lost to the Eagles the year before. Uh, Oh, maybe it was just back... Going back to that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So, you're right. We're both. I was wrong. That's awesome, though. So, yes, I do see them being the first repeat champs. Nice. Since the Pats, if they did it a couple years ago, or if they did it in 2004, it's going to be the first team. <laughs> they do it since them. So, I just see them being where they won't have... They'll, they'll have some defensive swagger, but... I feel like the 49ers had defensive swagger, and they figured that out. And I just feel like the offense won't sputter the way that San Francisco did down 
down the stretch in the Super Bowl, but I just don't think it's going to be quite enough. Okay. Love it. Love it. Okay, let's do – do you do you have a bold prediction? I have a few bold okay, predictions. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start because there's something that I wanted to do that I didn't add to the show list, so I want you to give you a chance to think about it while I do my bold predictions. Okay. I want to do uh, not-so-bold predictions, meaning that it's something that, like, it's bold – but you don't like so you want credit for if it happens, but we can't we can't get on each other if it doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Like I want us to have the safety net to like make a bold prediction that we can say like this is gonna happen. But like so if it happens, we get the credit for it. But if not, it's like yeah, whatever. Oh, I feel like I've already done like two of those. That's fine. That's fine. I'll do so I'm gonna start. Enough. I'm gonna start with my first bold prediction. And my first bold prediction is Josh Allen will receive more than one MVP vote this year. <laughs> he's not gonna. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm saying he's gonna win MVP. But he's going to receive votes for MVP this year. Okay. I think that I think that just the rushing baseline for him has always been high. He's over 500 yards both of his first two years. The second, the first year he had like 800 rushing yards, uh, more than seven rushing touchdowns. But actually, more than eight because he had nine the first year and seven last year. Uh, actually, eight last year. So, like I said, he's got that baseline. Uh, he had 20 touchdowns to nine interceptions last year. And you add Stephon Diggs to that offense. You add Zach Moss to that offense. I just think that his numbers go up. I think he has a great year and a year that we win the division. So, I just think that he's going to receive votes. I don't, I'm not going to pick him to win MVP because I'm not crazy like that. But it's a bull sure? prediction. It's a bull prediction anyway. <laughs> so, I'm saying he's going to receive votes. All right. I like that. I'm going to say that Deshaun Watson will have the best statistical year he's ever had. Okay. And Interesting. I really feel like so many people are down on Deshaun Watson, as down as you can be on Deshaun Watson because of Hopkins being gone. And I get that. You take a weapon away like Hopkins, and that's going to hurt. But I feel like this is going to be a similar thing that we saw when Megatron left Detroit, where he's going to be able to become a more well-rounded quarterback now mm-hmm. instead of just being like, oh, Hopkins is over there, let's put it up yeah. and let that happen. That's he's actually a really good point. a more well-rounded quarterback. He's going to see the field better. He'll continue to make plays with his legs. And I just feel like instead of trying to, at times, force-feed a guy, he's going to salt and pepper it all over the field to okay. guys that can either streak down the field in Will Fuller and Cooks or a okay. guy that can run nice underneath routes yeah. in in Cobb, and I feel like we're going to see the best Deshaun Watson we have to see okay. this upcoming year. All right, well, I have another bold one, and this one kind of tears down a prediction that you made. So oh, man. here we go. Baker Mayfield will have a better statistical season than Tom Brady. <laughs> Big. Is, is this like your your bold prediction? Yeah, no, this is, this is the, no, this is bold. Okay. I, my my protection one is I, my protection one's like fun, so okay. it's not like oh you're terrible. It's just fun. Um, yes, Baker Mayfield will have a better statistical season than Tom Brady. We both we both talked about how Tom Brady had regression at the end of last year, and we even mentioned that at some point we thought he might have been part of the problem at the end of last year for them. And I know that he's got a ton of weapons. I know that at some point he's got to throw it up. So I think that there are going to be times where Tom has great games and great moments I just think that overall he's just regressed too much I don't think he's going to be able to handle all of the mouths to feed I think is I think that that this team would like to to run the football and then just throw it when they can but they're 
I mean, Bruce Arians is a is a run and gun type of coach, and I think they're just going to force Ben or force Tom to do too much, and I think he's going to crumble a little bit beneath it. So I think that Baker Mayfield in the system with Kevin Stefanski, which I think fits him perfectly with that Kirk Cousins mold of like we're going to run the zone scheme and then play action pass and throw. I think that fits Baker perfectly, and I just that my bold prediction: Baker Mayfield better season than Tom Brady. So when you say better season, what do you mean by that? Statistical, like he's going to have more touchdowns, less interceptions, more yards. See, but that makes me, I feel like your argument makes me disagree with you because okay. I feel like Stefanski coming over and in that Kirk Cousins so role, you think he's, been, less he's been good, statistics. but Kirk Cousins has never blown you out of the water with his statistics. So then I that's why like it's bold. The running backs are going to really do I well. Do think that, I do think that they will do well. But again, like I said, that like, I, 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 I just, I think that, I think that what was happening. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I think that what happened last year is that they were forcing Baker. I don't want to say to do too much, but just to do things that don't fit him quite as well. Okay. And I think Stefanski is going to do that for him. So again, I think that. Well, you're gonna be wrong. That's okay. It's the Browns. You can be right when those <laughs> stats are coming as they're trying to okay. come back. Okay. Okay. Sure. <laughs> so. Do you have another bold? Uh, yeah, my bold prediction is. There have been five times in the NFL that there have been a trio of wide receivers that have gone for over uh, a thousand yards. Here we go. I'm going to say there are going to be two. Oh, bigger year. than I thought you were going to go. Yeah, I'm not going to go with just the low-hanging fruit of that's Dallas. That's okay. I feel like Dallas so is that's one of them. almost nearly a lock. I'm not going to say the other team because I'm not quite sure okay. I'm locked in on who well, it's going to be. Give us a couple that you're thinking about. I feel about. like Atlanta could very much do it. Now, I'm, when I'm saying receivers, I don't want to say just like I feel like a tight end. I was going to say, so you're saying Hurst. Okay. I feel like a Hurst. I feel like Ridley the Chiefs are obviously capable of doing so. That's, so I'm that's really interesting. Happy. So who's the third receiver then? So it's Hill and Kelsey. Who's the third? I'm actually very, very high on Hardman this year. Okay, okay. Early on in the year, we really saw Mahomes liking Hardman. He did. Yeah, he fell off a little bit, but being in a year two of the system, being integrated, I feel like that's a fun pick. It is possible to take that next step, and there's still that guy that you talked about on the episode last time of Sammy Watkins. That's true. if, yeah. if you just possibly put the pieces together, I don't see that happening, but it's it's, it's it could happen. doable. Yeah. Uh, you talk about a team like the Rams. I feel like we're just in a really good position right now where teams that have these kind of offensive minds have those different kind of talented pieces to yeah. play with. That yeah. It's possible. I think that it's almost a lock that Cup and Woods go over 1,000 each, so it's just a matter of... Does the rookie Van Jefferson have that kind of year? Does a Tyler Higby have yeah, that kind of year? Yeah, does Higby continue yeah. to rack up those hundred-yard games that he right. put off at the end of, of yeah. last season? Tyler Higby so. again, like there's a huge contention over Tyler Higby, but Tyler Higby is one of only three. No, 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 four. It's four tight ends in NFL history to have three consecutive 100-plus yard games. So. So I feel like there there are a lot of different teams that are capable of doing so, and that's why I feel like, like I said, there have been five through history. Do you know the last team that, that did it? So the last team that had three, I'm going to say Arizona Cardinals with Larry Fitzgerald, Anquan Bolden, and Steve Brest. Yeah, that's it. Okay. That is the last team that did it, and I feel like this year we're going to see at least two teams. Love that team. That was one of, that, I mean, that was the team that went to the Super Bowl, was it not? I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, I wish they would have won. That's fine. But it is what it is. Yeah, all right. So then here's my not so bold prediction. Here's my bold prediction that I don't I don't wanna I don't want you to get on me if it doesn't happen. And the reason why I'm doing this is because one, it's fun for us to be able to just like fling one out there, but also because it doesn't match what my real predictions were. Okay. But this is something that like I really could see happening. So 
big change in the NFL this year is not the coronavirus. It's there's a seventh playoff team in each conference. So theoretically, an entire division could make the playoffs. So my not-so-bold, you can't get on me, but I want credit if it happens prediction, is the entire NFC West makes the playoffs. The entire NFC why West. why so excited when I almost said the, that? Yeah. The, the Rams, <laughs> the, the 49ers, the Seahawks, and yes, the upstart Arizona Cardinals, all four make the playoffs. So I will say this. I feel like if Arizona does it, they're also in contention for that three-receiver thousand-yard set. Absolutely. So Hopkins, Kirk, and Fitzgerald. Maybe. <laughs> you know who's not there anymore is Hakeem Butler, and that makes me real sad. Yeah, I was very sad when he got dropped. I was like, ah. I really like him. That was a thought. I thought maybe Green Bay would have been a nice spot for him to go, but they already have so many big receivers. Yeah, height <laughs> is not a not problem. <laughs> So, yeah, um, I'm going to throw you one cold read. Okay. I'm surprised you didn't have a cold read for me. Um, but my cold I read... Didn't, I didn't say I didn't have a cold read. Well, it was not on your list. That's true. So I hinted at it earlier where I feel like this is the beginning of a Chiefs dynasty. Maybe, definitely, I, It's we're not going to see a repeat of what the Patriots were once. Probably not, no. But for establishing a dynasty, do you feel like the Chiefs are about to start is this is this about to open the door so I, I just to clarify what do you see as dynasty like what how do what 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 has to happen for it to be like okay they're a dynasty now i feel like they need to go to the super bowl five times in 10 years no no you don't think that's going to happen no i wouldn't i would not bet on that happening i think that the NFL again. We just talked. You just said that the Patriots. What they did. I mean, they went to what six straight Super Bowls. <laughs> Something like that. Know. Like you know what I mean. It's nuts. Uh, I don't. I just. I don't see that type of dynasty happening. I do think that they win. If you if we want to say what what is it? it's twenty twenty. I think by twenty thirty, Pat Mahomes has at least three, if not four, Super Bowls. And to me, that's a dynasty. Okay. So so in my terms, yes, I would say. That they're I feel like team. that's almost the same. It thing. is, but I don't think I think I don't think that they ever go and lose. Let's say that I don't think there are going to be times where they just get there and don't win it. Um, and you were like, they have to go to five in the next ten years. So I think that he's going to. He already has one. You know what I mean? I think he goes to at least two more in the next ten years and wins them. Uh, and I think that they're always going to be in the playoffs. So like to me, that'll be a dynasty. I just don't see like. I don't see. See, I don't see that being a dynasty because okay. that's fairly close to what Seattle did, and I don't think they ever had a dynasty. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on like longevity. What you would say, uh, I think that you know, in the last couple of years, Seattle has obviously had a comeback, but then they had those couple. That I mean, Russell in one year, they Russell's only missed the playoffs. Playoff. See, I think that you're right. Okay, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, you're right. So then, no, I would say no. Okay. I, th- I think that that's the type of team that they become, where they're going to win a couple in the next ten years. Uh, and like Pat Mahomes will be on the Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks type thing. I really think he'll win MVP again. Like I do, I believe all of that, but I just don't see them being dynasty. Okay. Um, I think that too often in the league, and the league does a great job. And this is why the NFL is the most popular professional sport. Is that there's so much turnover and there's so much. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, parody in the NFL, and it's exciting because things happen. We talk about we had last year. We did the whole five in five out thing that. You struggled to comprehend, <laughs> um, but I think it, I might have it but it's time, but it's true. Like they're consistently in the last ten to fifteen years, five teams that made it last year that don't, and five 
teams that didn't make it that do. I mean, there's so much turnover. It's so exciting. There's, and it's one game and you're out. Any given year, there can be a Titans that beats not only the Patriots, but also the Ravens to favorites. You know what I mean? It can happen every year. And I just don't see what would happen with the Pats happening with the Chiefs. I just, I just, it could, it could happen. They have the pieces and they've done a very good job in terms of cap, putting that team together and keeping their core together. Yeah. Um, but I just, uh, I would not predict that. Yeah, just the reason that I oh. semi-disagree is because two years ago they were a coin toss That's away true. That's from very going true. to the Super Bowl. Yep. Not only that, but they should have. I mean, there was a there was a pre-snap penalty that was like an iffy pre-snap penalty on a pick I that mean, Tom he, threw in he, overtime. He, <laughs> D4 was definitely up I'm just saying. I'm but, just saying. <laughs> but I agree with you. I don't agree with you, but if it hadn't happened, they would have won the game. Right. So I feel like they were a play or a coin toss away from going to the Super Bowl two years ago, yeah. which would have been a really exciting matchup versus the Rams. Rematch uh, of that, that incredible, incredible yeah. game. And they went back the following year and beat a defense that just for a while looked like nobody could touch them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I feel like you're, you're right. There is parity and there there isn't an out, but they just have – the pieces, yeah. the young pieces, and it's not even necessarily like they're trying to do these things on those like rookie contracts where they yeah. have to expire. Like they locked up Mahomes for the next Damn our it. lives, so and they, I, they have that. They have Kelsey until like twenty five. I'll say this about the Chiefs, and it'll be fascinating if they do become a dynasty. Is that it'll be interesting to see a dynasty like that isn't a villain. And I don't even mean that in a in a malicious way towards the Patriots, but the Patriots have been the villain of the NFL for a while. You know what I mean? They got caught cheating multiple times. Uh, a lot of people don't like Tom Brady. A lot of people call Bill Belichick like the emperor from Star Wars. You know what I mean? Like, like they their role has been the villain. You know what I mean? They're they're the the in terms of like WEE, you talk about the face and the hand. Like they've been the hand of the NFL for a while, and people love rooting against the Patriots, but people love rooting for the Chiefs. How could you not like Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes? You know what I mean? So, like, we'll I am s- curious to see how long that's going to last. Exactly. I'll, we'll see, like, if they do become a dynasty, is there a turn that happens just because people want to see somebody new? Or is it different and they really just like these people? I'd be, I'd be interested to see that dynamic. I agree. That's a really great point. Yeah. But I, I am really interested to see when... Houston being up twenty four to nothing and Kansas City still finding a way to win. Like it was really exciting for us to watch, but what is that going to be like? Come oh my on. God. I mean that's what happened with the Patriots. Exactly. At the end of so it. I'm curious to see when but that also, magic wears off. I will say, like, for me, it's hard for me to truly analyze it because I have the feeling about the past because it happens against us every year. You know what I mean? So I don't know if the entirety of the NFL fan base has those same sort of feelings that I do about the Pats. I feel, well, but you saying that makes me feel a little bit more. Yeah, I feel like maybe like it obviously is different for you and I right. because they're the Pats, but I mean like not everyone that's like, oh, the Pats right. is a Bills fan. Right. So right. I do feel like eventually there will become a point where it's like, oh my gosh, Pat Mahomes, stop, <laughs> stop. But until that happens, it's his world we're living in. It. All right. So... Let's do. You know what it's time for? Pals picks. Oh yeah, we're back, folks. Here we're we back. And there's an asterisk at this, but 
Adams never lost pass picks. Till this year. And that could happen because Josh is going to be the Browns every week. <laughs> <laughs> that has so, worked out a majority of the time. So <laughs> if you are new to the show, pass picks is one of the original OG segments of Simultaneous Catch back when we were live on BBZ Radio. BBZ Radio. Josh and I love making game picks, but we don't want to pick every single game every week, so we do pass picks. We give each other each three games to pick every week. We tally them up. We keep score, and at the end of the year, a pass pick champ is crowned. Adams won two years in a row. Although the official iPad page. Love now. it, love it. Uh, better than putting it on our fridge and they're <laughs> not not remembering who won what. But yes, there's an asterisk on week on the first year because we did mega at the end of the year and picked every game and all of them were crazy. And Josh, we would have tied had Josh not went with the Dolphins in the last game that we went with. Gone so. with what I really thought. Exactly. Was so, but that's okay. Irregardless, it's time for Palace picks. You can you go ahead and go first. All right. So you're going to keep the official records. I will keep the official okay. records. On okay. Okay. Yep. So the first Palace pick that I'm throwing at you is. The Seahawks versus the extremely hot, expected Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, well, I mean, I kind of already showed my hand on this one, so I won't give too much anticipation. I'm going to go with the Falcons. I think the Falcons are. You at, talk about that. The Falcons are at home. I did talk about this. I'm very high on the Falcons this year. I think they win the division, and I just think that the Seahawks typically always start slow anyway. <laughs> but I think that a lot of the road teams this week are going to have. A tough time because they're it's the first time that they're going to go through this protocol of you know some teams are going to take two planes because they have to socially distance which i don't really understand like if you're with a team anyway and you're hitting each other in practice why does it matter <laughs> you know what i mean like that again like i get it like keep them away from other people but like if you're traveling together just travel together but regardless i think that a lot of teams are going to struggle with you know figuring out that aspect and that's going to be a little bit of a distraction i really don't think that that's going to have that much effect really but like it's going to have a, an effect so i just think i believe in todd Gurley this year i believe like i said julio jones calvin ridley we both talked about hayden hurst uh their offensive line is a little bit healthier uh, i think their defense last year really came on like i said six and two at the end of the year i think they start hot i think they win this game okay and a close one nice i'm i'm really excited about that game it should be a fun one. That's a. I'm assuming that's an afternoon game. I'm assuming. I think it is a one o'clock. Yeah. So then we have the Las Vegas Raiders for the first time in history traveling to take on the newly minted NFL head coach Matt Rule's Carolina Panthers. This is a fun game. This is. I talked to you when you we we talked before the show and give each other the games so that we don't overlap. This is one of the harder games to pick because I, I think that. You know, at home, the Panthers are going to be a tough out. Like I said, they seven picks on defense. The defense has to be better. And their offense is pretty scary. We both like Teddy Bridgewater. I think that he's going to have a better than people think year this year. But I just think that the Las Vegas Raiders start off right. I don't know. Just, you picking the Raiders? Yeah. I, I just went on that whole diatribe about road teams having a tough time. But I just, I think that, I, I really think that, you know, John Gruen's a very good coach. Their offense was pretty good last year, and it could be even better this year with the addition of Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards. And I know that 
I know that Tyrell Williams just got hurt, but they're very high on Ruggs, and they're very high on Edwards, both rookies. You know, they still have Darren Waller. We're both high on Josh Jacobs a lot. They have a ton of pieces on that offense, and their defense is one of the best in terms of sacks last year with the fourth-round pick rookie Max Crosby. Like, they have a lot of talent on that team, and I just see them getting it done week one. I, I don't see this one being quite as close. I feel like this is like a 10- to 13-point win. Okay. Um, but I think it's one that, like, is close for most of it. And then in the end, there's, like, a big touchdown to, to you know, Josh Jacobs or, or a big touchdown to, to Ruggs late that just, like, kind of pulls away. All right, all right. You want to know? I have another kind of bold prediction. Okay. Uh, that might go against everything I've ever talked about on the show. No, oh, no. Here we go. But I feel pretty confident that Teddy Bridgewater is not going to end the year as the starter starting quarterback. Not due okay. to injury. I feel like he'll be pulled. Eventually he's going to be pulled in place of uh your your guy that you love so much PJ Walker. PJ Walker the XFL star. I feel like that'd be fun. Bridgewater just doesn't isn't going to exactly match what Rule wants. I know they gave him a lot of money and yeah. they were and they were wanting that, but I feel like him and and Brady are bringing such a college offense yeah. to to the Panthers, where it's going to be vertical down the field, and yeah. that's not necessarily always Teddy's game. That's fair. So I feel like eventually we might not see Teddy. One of, one of my bold predictions was going to be a quarterback benching, too, but I don't want you to roll your eyes when I said that Tom Brady would be benched for Blaine, <laughs> for for Blaine, Blaine Gabbert. Gabbert this year. So. Well, we know how much you love Blaine Gabbert. All right, back to pass picks. Thanks for letting me throw that out there. Uh, the last game is, I'm pretty positive, the last... Game on the slate of opening week, uh, the Tennessee Titans that I'm shocked that you're not on this year, traveling up to take the Vaughnless Broncos. Yeah, so this was a lot easier to pick when Vaughn was, <laughs> was still on the team. I know that we both believe in Drew Locke this year, and we believe in the Broncos. Um, and the Titans are just such a solid team. We, I like, I love Mike Vrabel. I just love the Titans. I just don't know how I feel about Ryan Tannehill. I like, I, I'd like his story to continue and him to be good. Maybe I just have a grudge against him because I wanted Marcus Mariota to be the reason why they were good last year. Um, so I got to be right about the Titans, but like wrong about who did it. Uh, so I'm gonna pick the Broncos. Ooh. I think that the, I think the Broncos at home Monday Night Football last game in the season of the slate. I think that Drew Locke... I think I got you on this one. You might have. You may have. Seriously, legitimately. But I just think that they've got two backs who can be number one backs in Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. We talked about Jerry Judy, who I said was my number one receiver in the draft. KJ Hamler, add him with Cortland Sutton. Uh, they still have Deshaun Hamilton there. They have Noah Fant, who, who broke out a little bit last year as a rookie. I just really think that, and they still have great pieces on defense. They were a great defense last year without Bradley Chubb. They'll be a great defense this year without Von Miller. They I really did add Jarrell Casey. Over add Jarrell Casey. Which I feel like we haven't talked too much about, but I feel like that's going to be a really good signing. I just again, like I said, I mean Jarrell Casey on our first year of this podcast in the first four weeks, I, I when we did way too early MVPs, he was my pick because he was dominant in those first four weeks. So yeah, I, I again, I think this is going to be a contentious game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Actually, I think it'll be kind of like a seventeen fourteen type of game. Okay. The last game of Monday Night Football, but I think Drew Lock gets it done this first game. Okay. I've All said right. This a lot, but I feel like that prediction makes me feel even better about mine. What do you mean? I feel like if it's a seventeen to fourteen game, I feel like. The more experienced team, like, like a Derrick Henry, yeah. Ryan Tannehill, who's done it before, will get it done over Drew Locke. Yeah, that's fair. Um, 
Yeah, that makes sense. All right, so let's go. To just to recap, I'm going with the Falcons at home, the Raiders on the road, and the Broncos at home on Monday night. And let's go back to Josh now. So I'm going to give you another game that I really don't know how to pick. Uh, but now hearing what you talked about, I feel like it's pretty simple for you. <laughs> it uh, is pretty simple. So for we're going to go Dolphins at Patriots, and I didn't expect you to be as high on the Patriots as you said you were. So for me, it's a hard to pick, but for you, it might be easy. Yeah, no, I am going with the Patriots. Okay. Uh, for a hot second, they're, they're wor- I'm not going to be shocked if Miami wins, especially since they went in and, and won last year at the end of the year to, to knock them out of that bi-week contention. But I just feel like I'm really confident in, in the unknown, if that makes sense. We, we're not going to get to see what this team looks like where for so long Brian Flores, who had been in New England for his entire career, was like, okay, like this is how we're going to scheme a defense to beat these guys or to compete with these guys. But it's just going to be completely new. That's true. This That's is going a to good be point. That's a very good New point. England unlike we've known New England ever. So I feel like just week one, they're going to get the best of Miami, who even you talk about the turnover of guys leaving New England, this is turnover for Miami of just not having had their guys out there. They have they brought in so many new guys that they haven't played and meshed yet together. So I feel like we'll see some some lack of cohesion there where it's it'll it'll start to pick up as the year goes on, but for week 1 I'm on New England. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Game 2. You gonna play with your heart a little bit here? Yeah, sure. We're going to go the Green Bay Packers to the Minnesota Vikings. I know you picked the Packers, but this has got to be a little bit of a frightening game to do week one. Oh, it always is. It <laughs> always is. The Minnesota Vikings, uh, I mean, actually, I feel like all the NFC North teams play each other really, really well, no matter their record, as we talk about so many divisional games. But I always feel a little iffy about the Vikings. Uh, but I am going to pretty confidently pick the Packers. Okay, okay. The reason I'm doing that is because I, I do feel Minnesota has one of the overall best defenses in the league, but their secondary right now is a lot of question marks, a lot of unknowns that haven't necessarily been out there on the field. And we talked about the experience of Aaron Rodgers and seeing what he wants to see, and I feel like he's going to help pick that apart yeah. early on in the season. So picking on those inexperienced corners makes me feel pretty confident with the Packers. Okay. Uh, Devontae Adams has been one of my fantasy darlings all year. I have him in the most leagues in terms of wide receiver. I have him in the most. And I, I feel like that's a, I think what we saw picking up, especially in the playoffs last year, is just more to come with Aaron Rodgers. He's one mean, of my favorite players. We talk about how he's led, he leads the league in touchdown receptions over the last four years, but and he doesn't didn't have like all the targets or the yards that Michael Thomas does. Well, he had three three straight years of ten plus touchdowns, and last year obviously he didn't, but he missed the whole month. And so I just feel really confident on on that route running savvy to be able to pick on those defensive well, backs, which and they still have their offensive yeah. line, which they have some question marks at right tackle to protect Rodgers from the pressure that Minnesota is going to be able to bring. But I feel like they'll have the time to do what they need to do. And I'll say this for Green Bay. Devontae Adams has been excuse me, has been dominating 
defenses when there hasn't been a second option for them. So if they figure out second options, third options in this offense at all, watch out for Devontae Adams. I agree. And one thing, I don't I don't want to talk too much about this because it could just be completely wrong, but it's just I'm getting a little tired of like the whole, like, they have no number two guy. Yeah. Eventually, I mean, sure, they didn't invest the, when, high capital but, in a number two. In a second wide receiver, right. but at some point, like that's how these guys become stars. Is there are names like yeah. there are names like Larry Fitzgerald where he gets drafted high out of Pitt and right. he, he he pans out. But for every one of those, there's another wide receiver that I mean, Tyler Boyd isn't extremely great, but like people are like, who's this guy? And he just becomes really really solid. And yeah, he grows. That's and, good. That's a good and so player to point maybe out. Maybe they don't have that guy, but you have to just see. If you do, yeah, absolutely. I, that's a great point. And Equinemius with St. Brown was a second round pick. I don't think that's true. You think you don't think so? I feel like it was like a fifth round pick. Really? Or I'm a sixth round. Look at this it up was, right now. It was super late. We're pausing he the show. Was, we're he pausing was the show. Last wide receiver that. that we're, year. we're 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 pausing the show they took to look Javon this up. Javon Moore, J- Javon. Second round pick. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Isn't he a six round pick? Um, what does it say? Yeah, it was a six round pick. <laughs> the last receiver they took second was Adams. <laughs> I love you. And we're back. <laughs> so, what's my third game? Uh, your third game is actually one of my favorite games this 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 uh, Sunday. Interesting. It's the LA. I feel like this is not the game I'm going to choose to put on TV. The LA, the LA Chargers and the Cincinnati Bengals, like Telrod Taylor is named the starter. This is an interesting team with the Chargers. They, we talked about, you put Pat Mahomes on this team and then all of a sudden they're a Super Bowl favorite. Uh, so, you know, if they get good quarterback play. Uh, and then Joe Burrow's debut. I'm super interested in seeing Joe Burrow at home playing this game. I just, I think this is one of, this is a game that I'm going to have my eye on. I mean, we may not have it. It's not going to be on the TV, but I might like switch to it on Sunday ticket on my laptop just to check in on it. But I'm very interested in this game. I'm interested in the game too. Um, I really, I feel like this is the one that I struggled with the most. Mm -hmm. But I am going to take the Chargers going across the country to take on the Bengals. I don't necessarily know too much about what we're going to see on offense, but I feel like Sherrod is not an inexperienced scrub where we don't. No, not at all. I mean, he can play quarterback, and we've seen it happen before. Where I agree, I think Joe Burrow's going to have a good year, but just his first game in the NFL, I feel like we haven't seen too many rookies come yeah. in, play extremely well, and still win their very first start. Okay. I, mean, I think about Kyler last year, and then ended in a tie, and like he had an amazing rookie game. So I feel like yeah. this is just going to be a prime position. I can't even think of who LA's defensive coordinator is. I, I think of oh, it's Gus Bradley. It, oh, I couldn't remember if he was offensive. No, defense, it's but Gus I feel Bradley. like Bradley. I mean, we talked about the subtraction of James, which obviously hurts. It but absolutely. I feel like but they were you're just going to be yeah. like throw everything we can at this kid. Yeah. He has never seen an NFL field. That obviously, I mean, he lit a college last year, but it's just going to be a different game. That's true. So let's throw everything we can at him. That's a good point. And, and win a game. So. That's a good point. All right, just recap. Josh went Patriots at home, Packers on the road, and Chargers on the road. All right. Let's go to a new segment that we're going to add uh, near the end of the show. We're always going to do – Josh and I are very big on fantasy football. We love it. We talk about it all, all the year. And then in the spring, we're like, oh, I miss fantasy football. Uh, <laughs> like we're literally – so we're, we're, we love it. And this year, obviously, we had an episode where we had our simultaneous catch uh, link. So we're every, – every week at the end of the episode, we're going to take five, ten minutes, talk fantasy football, talk our team, our lineup – 
and then you know give a start of the week type thing. So let's do before we talk about our team. Let's just do like fantasy MVP. Who's this year? Who's going to be your fantasy MVP? Like oh, we fantasy so MVP. so I'm going to say this real quick. At last year, the player on most percentage of fantasy rosters was Brashad Perriman. So we talk about you don't win your league at the draft, you win it during the season. There was obviously a pickup at the end of the year. So you don't have to give me that kind of guy. But like, give me a guy that you think is going to be on a lot of championship rosters, a fantasy MVP. Okay. Uh, I think that guy for me is Julio Jones. You okay. talk about yeah. having a monster I love season, it. possibly MVP consideration. The reason I say that is because Julio Jones has always been just extremely consistent, especially from a fantasy standpoint. But he's fallen off, especially this year, as he used to be a late first-round pick guy. Yeah, no, he's like a second- or third-round pick. And I feel like that's just some mild disrespect. And I feel like if, if everything that you're saying about the Falcons is true, it's going to hold up. But even if they don't have the win success that you're talking about, I feel like they're going to have a lot of statistical yeah. success. And I just feel like Jones will be one of those those player MVP players because you got him a little bit later. Yeah. So you were able to add him with whoever you took in one of those. One of my most common wide receiver duos is Adams Jones. Me too. And it's, and it's awesome. Like it's that, like to, to look at your roster and be like, I get to start Devonte Adams and Julio Jones every week. That's awesome. I agree. That's so exciting. So I, I love that. I love that pick. Uh, my fantasy MVP is going to be a little bit, uh, more of a, a deep dive here, but this is a player that I wasn't very high on to start with, and then you talked me around on, okay, and it's okay. running back Zach Moss of the Buffalo Bills. I, like I do think that people are disrespecting Devin Singletary way too much. Devin Singletary's an incredible player, and people are like, oh, yeah, Zach Moss, he's going to be a starter. <laughs> and here's the thing, Zach Moss, the reason why fantasy MVP, because I think that Devin Singletary is still going to be a beast between the 20s. He's going to go all over the field, and he's going to have a great season, all-purpose. Okay. But Zach Moss is going to get the priority touches. He's going to get the high-value touches. He's going to be working worked in there on third down for catches because uh, he's a better pass blocker, and he's going to be worked there at the goal line for the touchdowns. And I just think that I'm not saying that Zach Moss is going to be a top 12 running back or a top 20 running back but the re fantasy mvp for me is a player that you either got late or even picked up off waivers depending on how early you you drafted that yeah. turns out to be a value for you that's mvp for me right. you know fantasy football is all about finding the value uh because we talked about like a player that i said that i wasn't high on was juju smith schuster and it's not because i don't think he's gonna have a great year it's because i don't like drafting a guy in the third or fourth round that i'm not sure about so i'm, I'm all about Value. Okay. And so, ironically, we have him on our team, but I think because we got a good trade for him. So, we'll talk about our team in a second. But so, Zach Moss, I think, is going to be a player that people got later that turned another player that I have in a ton of leagues. I made a lot of trades um, that I think is going to be is going to be very valuable. Yeah. Yeah. I like you said. I I was one of the people that help you. Around, well, I mean, so I mean, I heard a lot of people thing. talking about him, and I was like, ah, I don't know if I believe that. Uh, and then you were like bullish on him. You were like, no, I'm very high on Zach Moss, and I was like, okay. And then I looked more into it, and like he's been a darling of camp. Yeah. He's been very impressive. So let's uh, let's go to the simultaneous catch official league. I think okay. that this would be fun for us if we, barring injuries, obviously we'll change the lineup for injuries, but I feel like we should set our lineup on the show every week. Okay. So right now our team has changed a little bit because we've traded and we've made pickups and drops. But right now our team looks like this: Russell Wilson, Love it. Juju Smith-Schuster, 
DJ Chark, Christian McCaffrey, David Johnson, George Kittle, Cortland Sutton. On our bench is Brandon Cooks, Deontay Johnson, Jordan Howard, Matt Breda, Ronald Jones, Chris Thompson. And then our kickers, Jake Elliott, and our defense this week is going to be the Colts that we assume will probably stream defenses this year. We didn't go early defense. Um, but I feel good about this roster. Yeah, it's a I, good roster. I, I don't think we changed it. You don't think we changed the start lineup at all? I, I love that. Right now, I was going to say right now. We're, I couldn't remember. I remember making the trade. Yeah. But I couldn't remember if we – I remember there was like wide receiver talk, but I couldn't remember yeah. exactly what we did. And I was hoping that we kept Sutton. We did. We did. We, we lost Sanders. Okay. We lost Emmanuel Sanders and we lost uh, – We had Gallup. We, we lost Sanders and Gallup in that trade. So – which I'm okay with. Yeah, we. I'm okay with it too. Obviously, we did get a little bit burned because Ronald Jones was like the yeah that kind of sucks. That was a part of that. So when they signed for now, we got a little burned on that. Yeah, but. I still think that he'll be decently valuable. Like he's going to be involved in the offense and he's going to be the first one out of the backfield. So we might be able to go start in the first couple of weeks if we need to. Um, but that's okay. So. You think we're just locking in, right? Juju and Chark as receivers, McCaffrey and Johnson as running backs. That's locked for me. Uh, Kittle obviously locked. Russell, we don't have another quarterback on our roster right now. <laughs> uh, so the question would be Sutton. Uh, and I guess the only I, I, I guess the only guy I would maybe consider would be a Chris Thompson against Indy just because of like receptions. But other than that, like I think Sutton's a nice play, and we both like the Monday night play. Yeah, I love having that that last game to possibly make up points if we need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I feel okay. I feel really good about that. One thing I will say about that because we didn't get heated about it, but yeah. we did go back and forth on the chart versus Juju thing. So I'm just right. glad that we were right. going to have both our guys. Yeah, absolutely. As I think, and especially you know, in an offense that we don't think their defense is good, they're going to throw a lot in Jacksonville with whether it's Gardner Minshew or they just brought Joshua Dobbs back or Chase Lutton or whoever, like. DJ Chark's going to get targets, and I think he's going to be good. But I'm glad that we're at least on him on the lineup, too. So, uh, yeah, so that's our lineup. We're starting Russell Wilson, Juju Smith-Schuster, DJ Chark, Christian McCaffrey, David Johnson, George Kittle, Cortland Sutton, kicker Jake Elliott, defense Indianapolis Colts against Jacksonville. I will make a point, though, for those of you who didn't listen to the draft episode, Christian McCaffrey got it 1-2 because we were sold on taking Saquon Barkley, and Saquon Barkley went one overall. So, and we were shocked that we were like, okay, I guess we'll take Christian McCaffrey. It was, <laughs> um, so, yeah. That was a little bit shocking. Yeah. So, that's the Fantasy Fanatics segment. So, for... do you have somebody that you're projecting for a big week one? That oh, we yeah, yeah, yeah. We said we do. I think another thing we can do is a start of the week. So, uh, my start of the week, I just mentioned him thinking about flexing him. It's Chris Thompson. I think that it's something that I want to, like, start of the week, I don't, and if, you can make it whatever you want, but for me, I'm saying it's somebody that, like, it's under the radar. I don't want to be like oh. start of the week Christian McCaffrey. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like we know you're gonna start Christian McCaffrey every week. You know what I mean? Okay. I don't want to tell people people that they're already gonna be in their lineups regardless. You know what I mean? So like, it doesn't always have to be a guy that you can literally pick off the waivers because you probably could pick up Chris Thompson off the waivers in some leagues. Uh, although he has been getting a lot more, especially after Leonard Fournette was cut. But like. I want a guy that, like, you were considering to whether or not you were going to start. You know what I mean? That's what I want to do. I mean, it could be anything for you. It so doesn't yeah, matter. Mine is not that's that. okay. Mine's but I'm saying Chris. That's right. I'm saying Chris Thompson. I, you know, they, they listed James Robinson, the rookie, as the number one. He'll get work. Zigbo will get work. But Chris Thompson's going to get the high value touches. He's going to be in there on third down. He's going to get catches from, excuse me, pardon me, from Gardner Minshew, and he's probably going to get some work on the goal line, too, to get touchdowns. So I, I, Chris Thompson's my play. I guarantee he gets more than 10 points 
maybe even 15 to 20. I'm going to go with a guy that exploded on the scene on Monday night last year. Okay. It's uh, Josh Jacobs. Okay. I'm go with Josh yeah. Jacobs. He has a pretty tasty matchup, I think, against Carolina. You talk about all yeah. those additions they had on their defense. Right, but they're still having They're going to be together. young guys that haven't played, and I feel like Josh Jacobs is just going to eat his way to yeah. a top five finish this Absolutely. week. Absolutely. Love that. In week one, the running back position. So. All right. And now that was the fantasy fanatic segment. There we go. <laughs> this is simultaneous catch. Any tidbits for today? I do not have any tidbits. It's a pretty full episode. So. It was a good job. Uh, shout outs. Just a couple of shout outs. We are no longer a part of the Pocket Pocket Network, but still check them out and still got a lot of great shows. I've listened to Home Viewing's done a lot of new uh, films recently, and they've got some really good content there. Um any other shout-outs you'd like to get? No. Okay. <laughs> Thought about shouting out Monty G, but I'm at him. So. Oh, yeah. That's okay. Uh, all right. So just to recap all of our picks from today's episode in terms of divisions, Josh has got – oh, shoot. No, I wrote down mine. <laughs> I have the Bills, Colts, Ravens, and Chiefs in the AFC with the Texans, Titans, and Browns being the – Wild cards, and I've got the Falcons, Packers, Eagles, and Rams with the Saints, Lions, and 49ers pending the angry rant from Mike Mikas about the Dallas Cowboys missing the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> so I have the Steelers, the Colts, the Bills, and the Chiefs. Uh, then I have the Ravens, the Titans, and the Pats in the wild card in the AFC. Then I have Green Bay, the Saints, the Cowboys, and the Seahawks. And then I have the Bucks. The 49ers and the Rams in the NFC. Awesome. And then I have my Super Bowl as the Colts and the Rams with the Colts and Philly Rivers winning the Super Bowl. And Josh has the Chiefs versus the Seahawks, right? Yep. And the Chiefs being the winners with, I forget who your MVP was. I don't think we talked about that. You didn't do your MVP? Oh, you mean the season MVP? Yeah, your season oh, MVP. No, not yeah. So, oh, yeah, Josh said Tom Brady with a very logical statement that I think is wrong, but that's okay. I appreciated the logic of it. And I went with, in Russ We Trust, Russell Wilson getting his not only his first MVP vote, but enough to win Love that. the award. All right. Anything else, my friend? You know, I feel pretty darn good. I am ready for tomorrow. I'm very, yeah. very excited. Yeah. So I guess we should probably just – pick that game where you sure yeah we can pick before it before we, we go off yeah we wrap it up yeah go ahead uh you know I, i'm really excited i feel like this everyone's like this is gonna be a shootout i don't necessarily see that which probably means it's going to be but i do see kansas city winning probably in something that i project i guess it depends on how you think of what a shootout is but i see it being something like 35 to 28 is i think i would consider that a shootout yes. okay I don't consider that a shootout. That's okay. When the uh, last time they met, it was like 31 to 50. Fair. Uh, yeah, so I do see a shootout because I think that something that's going to struggle to start the year, I think, is going to be defenses because they're because tackling, I think, it's going to be an issue to start the year because they haven't been doing it for four weeks in the preseason. You know what I mean? Like, their form, they haven't been able to practice it on actually tackling people. Like, okay. there's a difference between scrimmages against your own team and, like, an, a, an opponent. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a difference between that. So I think there's going to be a lot of missed tackles early on. So I do see a shootout. And I see you talked about Deshaun Watson having a big year. So I see – I'm going to see a score of, like, 38 to 35. 
and I'm going to go with the upset. I'm going to go the Texans win the first week. I really think that, like I said, I think it's going to be a battle, and I think that the Texans are pissed off about how it ended last year. Deshaun Watson was up 24-0 in the first quarter against the Chiefs. I think that they're so mad right now. I think David Johnson gets rolling, which is good for our fantasy team, and then I think that Will Fuller has a big game. I don't think Brandon Cooks is going to play. I'm very high on. He's supposed to. I'm very high on Brandon Cooks as a player this year, but I think that Will Fuller is going to get the start and he's going to be great. So, well, there you have it, yep. everybody. What is our two-hour mega season sketch. mega season preview? And I look forward to the season. I'm so excited about the Bills, but just so many different teams. And I'm very excited for next year when we listen to this episode and see how wrong we were, or maybe how right we were. About, and you'll be like, oh my God, about take the Tom Brady being benched for Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, you enjoy the heck out of tomorrow. And you or enjoy. Whenever you listen to this. Yep. And enjoy week one. It's been a long time coming, but we're very excited. Thank you for listening to Simultaneous Catch. God bless. <laughs>